This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Lewis and Clark Rescue and Salvage. Lewis and Clark, when someone drops the ball, give us a call. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And I'm Jesse. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's another guest week with not the last Jesse, but the first Jesse. Boom! <laughs> She's back. I'm and, back. <laughs> and we're watching. How would you describe this? Like haunted. I'm describing this as Jesse's Picks. <laughs> that's actually exactly what I said. I was like, let's call it Jesse's Picks Week. <laughs> that's what not, it'll be. I mean, I guess you could say that it's people being sent into another dimension, I guess. But Outer worldly realm. Yes. Yes. Our movies this week are 1997's Event Horizon and 2011's Grave Encounters. But before we get to the movies, Kelsey... How do we start the show? Horror trivia. Why don't you give us what you got? All right. This is for you, Jesse. Oh, boy. Name three horror movies about a curse. A curse. Hmm. Gotta think. How about Blair Witch Project? Is that a curse? I'd say that counts as a curse. I suppose, yeah. Um. Gosh. I'm really stumped. Isn't the documentary they made about that called The Curse of the Blair Witch? Yeah, it's like Book yeah. of Shadows or something. Well, that's that's the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, another curse. I'm stumped. I don't I don't I can't think of anything. The Curse of La Llorona? Ah! <laughs> yeah, I mean pretty much any of the haunted doll movies would be a curse, right? I think you could say that. Annabelle, uh, Child's Play. Are those curses? And those are possessions. Oh, that's maybe. Uh, what about the curse the of Michael Myers? Oh, oh, oh yeah. what, what about the mummy? Because yeah. ah, yeah. Uh-huh. There, there you go. go. That's good. That's good, a good, good one. Good. All right, here's one about our first movie. The Event Horizon is the name of the vessel that appears beyond Neptune. But what is the name of the ship our main characters are the crew of? Jesse, give it to me. I know. Lewis and Clark. That is correct. Nice. Which is weird because they're supposed to be like, you know, charting the uncharted. That's, you know, Lewis and Clark. But they're not going anywhere nobody else has gone before. (laughs) Anyway, that gets us to our first movie, Event Horizon from 1997. Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who was just called Paul Anderson at the time, I think. Written by Philip Eisner and starring Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson, Richard T. Jones, Jack Noseworthy, Jason Isaacs, and Sean Pertwee. Huge ensemble cast in this one of faces that you've seen before. Some of them, though, you might not know where, but you've definitely seen them. <laughs> what is Event Horizon about? It's about a ship that goes missing, so they send out a rescue party 
to find a sh- find this ship that uh, has gone beyond the worldly dimension. Paul W.S. Anderson, you might know him from Mortal Kombat, the <laughs> first Mortal Kombat movie, or all the Resident Evil films. Yeah, it's not a great track record. <laughs> hey, the first Mortal Kombat's pretty dope. Although the trailer for this new Mortal Kombat actually looks kind of good. I actually kind of want to see it. <laughs> Uh, but he turned down an offer to direct the first X-Men movie, what to direct this dope. instead. He chose this over X-Men. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're, I think X-Men was, what, 2099, something like that? 2001? So, around there. Uh, but they had a lot of pre-production time. This had, like, 10 weeks total pre-production time, which is, like, nothing. I think they did it all in six or something like that. It, yeah. They turned this movie around. Real, real fast. A third of its entire budget was spent on just creating that one shot from the beginning of the movie of that low Earth orbit thing where they start out. Oh, you can tell it's late 90s CG and you can tell that they probably put their heart and souls into something that looks like shit. Uh Uh-huh. The original version (laughs) of this movie was uh, over two hours long. So incredibly violent that they were given an NC-17 and test audiences resoundingly rejected it. And so they cut out all of that stuff and there was no trace of it until recently when I guess they found extra footage on VHS and there was a hope that, oh man, maybe we can create the director's cut and get it out there unrated. You know, people love that shit now. But apparently it was in such terrible condition that Anderson just had to throw it away because he couldn't even use it. So... They do have extra some extra footage that they're going to release on the Blu-ray special edition, which is coming out next month, I want to say. But there is no director's cut and there never will be. And it's kind of a bummer. Do you do you feel cheated out of a full movie experience that you didn't get to see the horrific things that were going on? There were some horrific things that went on. Yeah, but this could have given you I more mean, of that. There Are could you, have been you feel some, cheated? There could have been some more eyeball action. There was a lot of eyeball action. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I actually did write down what is up with the eyeballs in this movie. <laughs> lot of lot of eyeball action. But should people watch this movie? Oh, for sure. Kelsey. I guess it's an experience. It's it, it's not terrible. I guess you should see it. Wow. <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> Jesse, you think for sure? Oh, for sure. I think it's worth a watch. I agree. Uh, I do think it is incredibly 1997. Oh, yeah. And you need to be prepared for that. It's super dated, yes. But they're trying some really neat things and their inspiration for a lot of what they do is based off of stuff that I really, really love. We're talking alien hellraiser, even blade runner is in this like some cool inspirations, but it is just terminally 1997. Well, I would say. in the beginning of the movie, they said the future was 2015. Yeah. At first we have a breakdown. So we'll get to that. Uh, right after the trailer, you could take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1997's Event Horizon. A haunted ship. I'm getting some really strange readings in here. A missing crew. This place is a tomb. DJ, where are you? An infinite evil. This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows what it's brought back with it? Vacate. No! I want off this ship. You can't leave. 
she won't let you. Event Horizon. Rated R. All right, Jesse, get us started. Tell us this timeline. Do you remember it? Oh, I have it all written I down have, here if you don't. I have a little bit written down. I, I have 2015 written down, and I have 2040 and 2047. You're missing 2032. Ah. Kels, do you have what each of those dates means? I did. I, I wrote them down in my own words. I know that you spent the time to write it down word for word. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of the I movie, just I just it down paused in my own it. Words. And, yeah. <laughs> And then I found the whole breakdown on IMDb. I'm like, son of a bitch. So 2015 is when we are supposed to start living on the moon. Our first permanent colony is established on the moon. I can't believe they thought in 18 years we would be living on the moon. That just seems ridiculous. Well, I don't think think it means that, you know, oh, we'd have a city and cars and schools and stuff like that. I think they meant... There is a colony that isn't meant to come back after a day or whatever. They're actually staying there. And it's just, you know, a handful of people. So in 2032, 15, 17 years later, they started to mine on Mars. Commercial mining begins on Mars. And in 2040, the event horizon disappeared behind Neptune. It is the worst space disaster on record. And now it is seven years later, 2047, and a ship is being sent out to look for them. Although they don't know that that's what they're going out there to look for. Not until they show up. It's almost like Prometheus. Alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prometheus. I would say Prometheus, and it feels more like Prometheus than it does feel like Alien. So where... Being sent on a suicide mission and not being told. So it would be Aliens... And then it would be Prometheus. Yeah. They did that in both. Can we recognize that they still thought Pluto was a planet <laughs> in this movie? And I'm actually wearing, viewers or listeners, you can't see this, but I'm wearing a Pluto shirt right now. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> because of this movie. Uh-huh. But it's so much further out beyond Neptune that they don't try to say, oh, yeah, it was beyond Pluto. They're just like, eh, it was beyond Neptune. Pluto's too far. (laughs) (laughs) I like the phrase that they use here when they describe what it is that they do. Someone drops the ball, we get the call. Yep. Why can't we go to Mars, Captain? I mean, Mars has got women. That's right. Neptune, there's nothing out there. Yeah. And if the shit goes down, we'll be on our own. You know the rules, people. Someone drops the ball, we get the call. Now, let's go. That was pretty cool. So we start with a dream from Sam Neill about his dead wife. Dr. Weir. Mm-hmm. And he envisions himself as being trapped in hell. I love that he misses his dead wife so much that they, they felt the need to have him say out loud, I, I miss, miss you. you. I miss you. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. him staring wistfully at her picture wasn't enough. He needed to actually say, I miss you uh-huh. for us to understand it. Not a great start starting point. Like, you're already treating me like I'm an idiot, but okay. I have to give a shout out to my husband on this one because he noticed, I don't know if I'm going back a little bit, but when the stuff on the ship was floating around, he noticed an, Ome- an Omega Speedmaster watch, and he said that I had to bring this up on the show because he wanted that shout out. So <laughs> shout out to my husband, Algus, for the Omega Speedmaster. <laughs> Omega Speedmaster? Yes. It's a type of watch. It's a type of watch. It was floating around inside the ship, and he pointed it out. He jumped off the couch and said, Ome- Omega Speedmaster, okay. put it on the show. Did he say Omega, or did he say Omega? He said Omega. Okay. 
<laughs> That's the European way of pronouncing. Yeah. Yes, he said Omega Speedmaster. Rolex. Omega. Beautiful. Did he have one? Oh, are you, do you know how much money those are? I don't know what it is. I'm sure that it's like a very expensive watch. Oh. Yeah. It was the same watch that was worn by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Ah. Which is go. why it's important. Mm. But yeah, so um, they are being sent off on a mission. And they put Sam Neill into one of those tube things that they still haven't found if that would work, right? In real life. Those stasis the cryo tubes? Sleep yeah. What they all had to strip down for, which I wrote in my notes, they have to strip down, specifically take their clothing off to go in these or else they won't work. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's okay to have clothing around your genitals. Yes. That, yeah. It doesn't need to work exception. on. So your genitals age and the rest of your body doesn't. Or they're awake the whole trip. <laughs> Just bored. <laughs> like, uh, if you can wear some clothes, why can't you wear all of your clothes? Well, because you're suspended in water, right? Yeah, but why not a wetsuit? That's a good point. That's what I'm saying. Like, why can't they just wear clothing? Like, <laughs> and then they... and then they won't have to suck in the entire time they're walking around oh like that. Oh my god, when Sam Neill got yeah, out of it. Oh, he sucked <laughs> Alvis was like, oh my god, he is sucking it in. <laughs> Alvis made some really astute observations during this movie, just to throw it out there. As a matter of fact, some of, uh, uh, probably half the notes I wrote down were from him mm-hmm. making observations in this movie. Awesome. But during the cryosleep and at the beginning, like you say, Kels, like he's having hallucinations. And he's seeing things before they ever get there. I think it's supposed to be, and I, I, I made this up in my head because they certainly don't explain it in the film. My imagination told me that she, it is literally hell. She's in hell because she killed herself. And she is calling out to him because she knows he's coming. Telling so us he already has exists. like an intimate connection to hell at fate that point. exists. He was he was going to go to that uh, ship, and she was trying to lure him there. Hmm. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's the only explanation you're going to get, because the movie does not... Doesn't go into it. Doesn't go into it, yeah. He has this dream that, like, he wakes up before everybody else does, and she whispers to him, I'm so alone. I'm so alone. This comes up later in the movie, when we kind of cover her suicide, like... What was the point? Is it because he was working too much? Mm-hmm. He was never around. I think that's Doesn't what Doesn't she have like a job or something that she can like focus on? I don't know. We didn't, we didn't get it to didn't, learn about their history. It didn't go in. It was disappointing. It was disappointing. I agree. I feel I feel like there I feel like there were several stories to be told within this story that they did not delve didn't, into. Didn't go into. No. Like the whole thing with the one chick and her son. What was yeah. that about? Yeah, it Every- showed a video in the beginning of the movie which is was he handicapped? Exactly, that's what I'm wondering. When she sees him in her hallucination, his legs are all jacked yeah. up and she does mention that. She says he was in pain. Is it supposed to be that like she's worried about him so she goes to the to the thing? Like so that's why? I don't know. I, I was confused by it too. I couldn't figure out if the child had a problem, like if he was handicapped or if she just sheltered him too much. Sounds like a lot of content might have been cut from this movie. And I don't think that they cut this kind of content. From what it sounds like, it sounds like they only cut like 
bodies getting ripped to shreds and horrible, torturous things happening to people. That's all I think they cut. I can tell you. I have a list of the scenes they cut. Oh, well, there you oh, go. Well, there it is. Chris has all this information that he didn't want to tell us about. Yeah, <laughs> we can look stupid if they cut... <laughs> The, I, the I honestly don't know, so we're about to find There's out. There's a whole scene. It's all about the it's sun. the whole backstory of the wife and the son. We're going to find out together. Uh, talking about the event Horizon, more backstory for Cooper and Justin, a deleted love backstory between Stark and Miller, a longer version of the scene where Peters hallucinates her son with his legs all mangled with maggots all over them. So more of that. I don't know if it's just the mangled legs or if it goes back more into what what it's about but a lot of the stuff they cut though was the Hieronymus Bosch orgy that's what I'm saying log scene stuff yeah mm-hmm. hmm. yeah most of it I think was just but his wife committing suicide that that was more graphic and it was longer I just felt like they could have really developed her character like it almost sounds like she was just doting at home waiting for him and that's the entire reason she ended her life like there was no my work sucks or like my life sucks or anything nothing there was nothing it was just my husband's not home so therefore i'm going to die that was the amount of effort that the writers put in because they are expecting you to and apparently some of our audience members expect us to do this too to just Put in our own story. And I did. In my own story, Mm -hmm. in my own story, she was a depressed woman whose husband didn't give a shit about her. All he cared about was his work. And she was just lonely and miserable at home and then she killed herself. But I had to make all of that up because the movie wasn't interested in telling me. There are some questions that a movie will leave you with that are intriguing. And the fact that they don't have answers is part of the purpose of the movie. Then there are those questions which a movie forces you to ask. It has no answers, and I get no entertainment out of asking them. And this is one of those, I feel. Like, just give us a little bit more. But it is this whole thing where he dreams about her and she keeps telling him, Billy, I'm waiting for you, which is why he is so obsessed with getting to the event horizon, which is why he's willing to do and put up with everything to get there. Because he wants to see his wife. Can we talk about the exploding corridor? Like when they were talking about the corridor that was that connects the ship and it explodes. Does anyone see a reason for that minus foreshadowing? Why they would talk about it? Why they would have it on a ship? Oh, well, don't they explain why? I mean, they, I no, mean, they explain that it exists. Yeah, they explain that it exists and what it does. Right. But why do you need an expo? Like, why wouldn't the whole ship go into like? Self-destruct mode and well, like, it's supposed to be the escape pods. Well, because you're supposed to use the front of the ship as the escape pod. So the whole front of the ship, it it blows up that so the rest of it gets left behind and they can continue on. See, I just looked at it as, oh shit, this is foreshadowing something mm-hmm. that's happening. Oh, it's later. very much foreshadowing. But it feels like it's like, you know, when Next Generation, like the first episode of Next Generation, uh, what is it, Farpoint Station... Is that the one where they get yeah. um, Commander Riker for the first time and he proves what a great pilot of the ship that he is when he's able to connect the saucer section? You know, that's the first time that they ever did like, oh, it comes in two pieces, the Enterprise. Isn't it cool? <laughs> Isn't it neat? And now things just need to split into two pieces, I guess. 
Well, but they did that several times throughout the show for that exact reason. Yes. It would be like, well, the rest of the crew is going to go away on this side of the ship. We got the battle bridge. And we're going to be here to do the scary stuff. So it's kind of like that. They're like, we have a black hole behind us right now. We should be able to separate, <laughs> I think is probably. But if anything happens to that black hole, you're getting sucked in. Yeah, you're not making it out. Yeah. <laughs> and why is there a tunnel that looks like you're going through Space Mountain? The meat grinder. And the I put Space grinder. Mountain. I put it's a decompression chamber, but for magnets is basically what it is. But it feels like we're on Space Mountain is exactly what I, I have I literally down here. wrote down Space Mountain. <laughs> I, yeah, I was wondering about that too because they didn't even use it. They didn't, it didn't use even. It. It no, didn't he runs even down it. Look like that. He runs down it as it explodes. Lawrence Fishburne later does that. Um, what What I mean is, there was no reason for it to look that way mm. for the plot. Oh, and then there was a woman who starts freaking out down there. One of the one of the uh, women on the crew. Right, but nothing happens. It. it doesn't. So he makes that comment. It looks like a meat grinder to me. And you think it's going to, like, enclose oh. somebody and, and cut them apart, but that doesn't happen. Well, it's about happens. insanity more than it is about the ship physically crushing you or whatever. I don't think it's about insanity when they get to the other dimension. I think it was just them trying to put some more cool graphics into oh, the totally. movie. Totally. Absolutely. Without any plot line. <laughs> did, we, did we skip the uh, fold the page, fold the space? Did we? Yeah, I think that already happened. Yes, so, yes. When they finally all get out, after he has his dream and they all get out, he has to explain to them why they're here, and he does the whole Tesseract thing, which most people know from Stranger Things. Yeah, it's but in Stranger it, Things. But I know it from A Wrinkle in Time. It's in A Wrinkle in Time. It's in uh, The Wheel of Time. It's in the restaurant at the end of the universe. It's in My Teacher is an Alien, Deja Vu. Like, it's in tons and tons and tons of things. Although, this is a pretty early example of it in film. But, but yeah, yeah you, know, you know that one where they're like, ah, oh, this is a, a hole in the piece of paper you want to get to, and this is the hole in the piece of paper where you are. What's the, what's the shortest distance between two points? Not a straight line. Fold you fold it. it, and they occupy the same space and time, and... Put the pencil a through it. A in time, if you will. It is actually on. <laughs> the, it is on the TV tropes page as a trope in film and literature and television called "fold the page, fold the space," because it's just used so so much. Mm -hmm. So, did anyone else notice that in 2047 they're using CDs? Yes, I did. I definitely wrote that down. You are going way too fast. Oh man, I don't know where you are. It down. <laughs> but yes, no, totally. I wrote that down. I was like, wow. CDs in 2047. Got it. Like, I can't believe they didn't even put in the effort of, like, trying to come up with a different, like, device. Because this is, I mean, CDs go back to what, the 90s? Well, I guess it was made in the 90s. It was made in the 90s. Yeah, the, if you were rich, the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think that they would have just had it be a screen that they pressed play right. on. But no, it had to be on a physical disc. Yeah. So they end up, and yeah, it's, I think when they find that disc or whatever, they, at first they can't get the video on it, but they do get the audio on it, and they hear somebody say, liberate me, which is hilarious because they're like, what kind of language is that? By the way, can we talk about how Jason Isaacs apparently is fluent in Just Latin? Just knows Latin. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Well, I'm sure he went to 
Oxford or some other he's posh British, British <laughs> school. What is his job on this ship? Like, uh, did you hear? People, Trauma. He's giving people <laughs> shots. He uh, knows Latin. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing? Is he the doctor? I don't know if he's the... I just know at one point he gave Sam Neill a very intimidating looking shot right in the neck. Yeah, And Sam is. Neill had no reaction to it. <laughs> He describes his job as trauma, but I think he's the field medic is what his job yes. is. Yeah, medic. Who knows Latin? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he's British. And went to med school. He probably had to learn <laughs> the Latin. British people know all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, they keep being like, what is this? And he's like, it's Latin. What's Latin? Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Open a book. <laughs> <laughs> what could liberate may mean? Liberate may? That couldn't possibly mean anything. <laughs> Save me is what he translates it as. Liberate, Liberate me. me. Yeah, uh-huh. Big jump there. Yeah, big, big jump. Have we talked about the galaxy machine? Um, what? The engine, the black hole engine? No, but can we talk about the fact yeah. that Fishburne sits in a swinging chair for oh, no yes. good goddamn yes. reason? Yes. No good reason. Yes. I wrote that down. I was like, is he a paraplegic? Like, is that the reason why he's in this, like, crazy apparatus? And then he stood up and I was like, what was the point of that? He just has a chair that hangs from the ceiling and swivels. And I swear I've seen this in something yeah, before. Uh-huh. I cannot think of what it is. But and it's not sure zero it's gravity. It's not zero gravity, you know, where like, oh, the ship can move around and he won't shake around with it. He shakes around more. More than anyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> the chair does nothing. <laughs> Also, they smoke in space, and there was no line that explained why they could smoke in space. No, like, oh, thank God we invented the the thing. thing. Yeah. How do you feel about the future? The future? Yeah, after the hell thing's blown over. A world where smokers and non-smokers live together in perfect harmony. Sony has a futuristic sci-fi movie they're looking to make. Message from Sector 6. All takes place in a space station. They're actively looking for some co-financing. So cigarettes in space... It's the final frontier, Nick. But wouldn't they blow up in an all-oxygen environment? Probably. But it's an easy fix. One line of dialogue. Thank God we invented the, you know, whatever device. Well, apparently they solved that problem. They didn't need to add it to the plot, Kels. No, they (laughs) didn't. Not everything needs to be explained. When they're using CDs. But that's all I can think of now when I see people smoke in space is that line from Thank (laughs) You for Smoking. They didn't even explain two characters in the movie. Why would they explain cigarettes, Kels? It's true. It's true. So they get to the Event Horizon they look at it and the oh, chick. I want to say. Okay. Apparently, you look it up everywhere. Everyone's talking about it, and it all stems from. This is why you don't trust everything you read on IMDb. It all stems from a, a piece of trivia on IMDb that says when they do that flyby of the event horizon, there is a full X-wing model on an antenna array on the bottom of the event horizon. And so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I don't want to rewind and look it up. Uh, and, and because we're we're partway through this movie now, 
So I just started looking it up online and everyone's talking about there's an X-Wing on the event horizon on the antenna ray uh, during the flyby. And if you look, they're all referencing just this random trivia piece on IMDb and they're all, has anyone actually seen it? So you can send a screenshot and there is not a single one on the internet anywhere. Somebody just heard something one time and put it on IMDb or just made it up wholesale. Dude, that's and- <laughs> what I'm trying to teach my students. Uh-huh. Do not just accept what the internet tells you. But isn't mm-hmm. Wikipedia always right, guys? <laughs> I mean, anyone can update it, so I mean, you know you're getting the best material, right? Wikipedia is so easy, too. The problem is, is you gotta tell your students don't use it because they don't get this. If it's not referenced, don't use it. If it's referenced, then cite the thing that they're referencing. Go to that. Read that. Yeah, the kids won't do that. (laughs) Too many steps. Yeah, too many steps. Too many steps. So anyway, they're in the event horizon. We talk about, we see there's a long neck of this ship. It looks like a Klingon warbird or... Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I don't know if it's the Klingon warbird or if it's one of the Vulcan ships. Whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. And that passageway, that eye-shaped passageway has all the explosives so they can separate the rear, which is engineering, and the cabins in the front. They go through the meat grinder, which looks like you're on Space Mountain, right? And then they get into the engine room, which is this elaborate thing. It's concentric circles that spin in opposite directions. Well, we, I mean, one quick thing. They, yeah. They've done a reading of the ship, and they found readings of life, but there's no life. Yeah, they don't see any life, and the readings can't pinpoint where it is. They're just... Vague readings of life everywhere on the ship. And they wouldn't let Sam Neill on the ship because he needed to guide them. And he really wanted to get on that ship. Yeah. He needed to be on comms. So, yes, they finally see this thing. And it was just supposed to be a solid black sphere that had no contours or anything. It was just deeply, deeply black. But apparently, Clive Barker consulted during pre-production. And Paul Anderson did say that Hellraiser is one of his influences on this movie. So that's why they cha- they changed it to look like something that's more interlocking. Uh, like the, to be the box. Like the puzzle box, yeah. I felt like that was a very big room. What, what was it, an engine room? That was the engine? Yeah, it, it creates a black hole inside of there. Yeah, it creates a black hole. The most destructive power in the universe, and you... Built one. That's a line. <laughs> Lord's Fishburne gets a hand out of nowhere that like brushes oh, yeah. against his helmet, and like that doesn't freak him out. Oh no, he screams. Right, but like that's because he thinks it's a person. But once he realizes it's just a hand, but like why aren't oh. they all freaking out it's about old hat. where are the bodies? It's old hat. This is their job. Where are the bodies? Where are the bodies? So Everybody's walking through and they're not seeing that there's like this blood like I was going to ask what is growing on the ship? I don't know. It never goes into that. It, I guess it's supposed to be the entity that came with it. Like it that's never taken goes into over it. the ship it or it's the it. goop it that was created when all these people were destroyed. I don't know. I don't Ectoplasm. know. Ectoplasm. But yeah, so they don't see that because they're not looking for it. Baby Bear. Justin. 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 Who his last name is Justin, by the way. They don't just call him by his first name. Ah, oh, that would make more sense. That's why That's why Captain Miller keeps calling him Mr. Justin. Got it. But so Justin, I don't know if you, did you recognize him, the actor? Nope. 
He is Jack the Noseworthy. dude from Idle Hands. Yes. He's the friend. The metalhead. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities in this. Like, we mentioned Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson. I have no idea who those people are. Jason Isaacs, everybody, Harry Potter, the Patriot. <laughs> yes. The Patriot. The Patriot. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's totally. Before Harry Potter, it was like the Patriot was my reference for Jason Isaacs. But Kathleen Quinlan is Tom Hanks's wife in Apollo 13. She was in Breakdown. She was the wife that gets kidnapped in Breakdown. She was in the Hills Have Eyes remake. Oh. I just watched that not that long ago. And uh, Jolie Richardson who's Stark, who there was a love story between her and Captain Miller originally that was taken out of the movie. She was in Nip Tuck. She was also in The Patriot. The from Nip Tuck. Yes. That's who I was trying That's to. That's Jolie Richardson. She. Was also in The Patriot. Oh, shit. Was she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was she the wife? Yeah. How funny. Snap. Richard T. Jones. Kelsey, who do you know him from? That's Cooper. Oh, the funny one. He survived at the, the end. The one who I love. He's great. Here I come, motherfuckers. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you said you knew him from something. I know him from Judging Amy. Like, that's where I, that's what I think of when I see him. What do I know him from? I don't know. You said you knew him from something. Oh, did I? Yeah, like specifically. Oh. All right. Collateral, phone booth, vantage point, criminal minds. He was in seven episodes of American Horror Story. That's probably what it is, to be perfectly honest. Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I never watched. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he was, uh, he was, I, I want to say he was the bailiff in Judging Amy. So he was in like every single episode. And Sean Pertwee, who is Smith. You didn't recognize him, Kelsey? He looked familiar. What do I know him from? Gotham. As who? Alfred. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Of course, he's been in a lot of other things as well. But yes, a lot of faces you've seen before in this movie. Like, every single actor is somebody you've seen before. But okay. So, Peters, the chick with the kid. (laughs) She's also walking around and she finds a... Corpsicle! (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen Quinlan, she's the med tech. But they explain that decompression doesn't do that to bodies. So what's up? Its yet, eyes were like gone. Yes, they keep noticing. Eyeballs, the ongoing theme of the movie. Uh-huh. Yes, that eyes are gone. Do you see? Yeah, we're talking <laughs> we'll about that. We'll get there. Do we'll get see? there. <laughs> this is around the time when Baby Bear gets pulled in. Yeah, the engine just turns on. The he gets black lured sphere in. like pulls him in. Apparently there was more to that, more explanation of why he went in. What would you have guessed why he went in? You know, it didn't go into it, but I was just like maybe the curiosity of it to see where it went. Yeah, but it's that it's that stupid curiosity being, like in Prometheus. I thought he was being entranced. Yeah, I thought he's being pulled somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That hell was for some somehow entrancing him because it does later when it gets him to kill himself. He didn't kill himself. I oh, you're right, he survives. So when he gets pulled in, I love that he's like, oh, shit, (laughs) as he gets pulled in. And that, for some reason, causes an explosion. Did anyone understand why that happened? Shit's going bad. It's just hell. Hell has all kinds of powers. Just hell, man. Hell just keeps doing stuff. Yeah. Oh, and Doom. Duh. Sorry. In space, 
building a portal, trying to get teleportation, and you end up getting a passageway to hell. That's the entire plot of Doom, which came out before this. Have you ever seen that? No. No, no, no. The game, Doom. Oh. <laughs> oh the movie Doom. There's a movie? Oh, yeah. yeah With The Rock? Dwayne that- The Rock Johnson. <laughs> is that what it's about? It's one of the few movies where he plays a bad guy. Is that what that's about, though? Yes, yeah. Oh, so you have seen the movie. Like a long time ago. Oh. Like I wouldn't be able to, uh, other than knowing that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't remember much. It didn't leave much of an impression on me. <laughs> so there's a lot of a lot because when the explosion happens, there's all kinds of chaos and the hole's been breached. The fuck is this? It beats dying going on to the event horizon. So now they are all on event horizon yeah because the explosion what did it do exactly first nobody knows jesse doesn't know no what you was don't the know? end result i don't know not what caused it what was the end result something happened that they couldn't use their ship anymore oh all the power shut down on it and so they no life support no oxygen like nothing and so they couldn't use it they there was a whole a, a breach in the hull and that's what cooper's gonna spend most of his time him and smith in this movie until like the climax time trying to repair this so they can get back on the Lewis and Clark and go home. Yeah. And there was a fun shot far away of the event horizon once they're all on it and the lights flicker on. And that reminded me of the shining. Yes. Sorry. That's another, that's another influence in this movie. We will also get a, blood come splashing yes. out of something in slow motion moment. That's another one of the... Uh, yeah, when the blood fills up the yeah. the, sh- the ship like the elevator. Yeah. But it reminded me of The Shining because it was like it was waking up. Yes. And what was interesting about that is because the next shot shows it was Sam Neill that woke it up. Yeah. My whole plot that I created in my mind is all working together, man. Don't worry. In like the next scene, he's going to go full on. I want to do whatever the ship wants me to do. Head towards danger. Like he has a really quick turn. Yeah. where He's just like, all of a sudden I'm crazy. Yeah. All of a sudden he goes cocoa bananas. Uh huh. I think it's because hell has been luring him out all this time. Hell has been trying to. Take a hold of him. And we call it hell, but they don't really say that, do they? I think they do, I think don't they? They did. Yeah. They did? I, I, I think they did. I think Sam Neill does. Oh, okay. Like after he goes all Cenobite. They only have enough air for 24 hours, guys. The timer is ticking. And they are trying to get out of Sam Neill what actually happened. What is this for? And Sam Neill just keeps trying to deflect. He keeps saying that it's not possible that the thing could have turned on by itself. Yes. Because that's what they keep saying. Like, something is wrong with your device that you created because it can turn on. He's like, no, it's perfect. It can't possibly have failed. Mm -hmm. It disappeared out past Neptune, and we didn't know where it went, and it didn't come back for seven years. But it's perfect, and it can't possibly have any defects. Going back to the part where they only have 24 hours of air, this is another... Quote from my husband. He said, <laughs> don't ships have compressors that create air? How does it run out? Yeah. Like, it would need to create it. I think the problem is, is that those systems have failed, and they only have what's in reserved. And that's what one of the things that, uh, God, who is it? I think it's Peters keeps grabbing are these, like, filters that filter the 
the carbon dioxide or whatever it is. What's all up, Peter? Just loading the last of the CO2 scrubbers, sir. That's why they keep grabbing those, is because they didn't have enough on their own ship. They grab them, they bring them on. They needed the event 25, horizon. and she needed that last uh-huh. one that kept her behind. And for some reason, the other dude ran off without, without her. her and just fucking is, left her. Is that what those tube things were? Yes. It was air. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. filters. Oh, because yeah, yeah. I literally had no idea why they were grabbing those. I was like, why mm. are these things so important? Just get they out need of there. those for the life support system to work. Yeah. Yeah, and the other dude just leaves her. Yeah. Fuck this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. This is when he explains that he created an artificial black hole, and she says the line, the most destructive power in the universe, and you built one. Black hole, the most destructive force in the universe. And you've created one. Absolutely, yes. And yeah, Samuel, it's perfectly safe. Um, I can't, we, can we talk about Samuel's acting? Yeah, can we talk about his acting? I'd love to talk about his acting. <laughs> All right. It's Samuel time. Let's talk about it. What, are, right, what do you, no, what do no, you, no, 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 you tell, you, you are the guest, you go. You know, I just, I felt that his reactions were subdued many times. There <laughs> yep. were things that would occur like, taking his own eyeballs out of his skull, that there was just not a whole lot of reaction. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if I was carving my own eyeballs out of my skull, I'd be screaming, literally convulsing in pain. He was screaming, but you're right. It was not nearly enough. I agree. I honestly think that Sam Neill is not the greatest actor. And then on top of that, Mm. clearly the direction wasn't great here. And then on top of that, the script is chock full of the cheesiest, shittiest lines. And who gets the majority of those? Sam Neill. And he does get a lot of really bad lines. But there's some really (laughs) great lines. There's one coming up where Captain Miller, Lawrence Fishburne, decides that he's going to, they're all going to go home. They're leaving as soon as they get the the um, the Lewis and Clark repaired. And Dr. Weir says, Captain, don't do this. He says it's done. Not my ship. You can't just leave her. I have no intention of leaving her, Doctor. I will take the Lewis and Clark to a safe distance, and then I will launch attack missiles at the event horizon until I'm satisfied she's vaporized. Fuck this ship. Great line. Love that line. But there are still some really, really cheesy lines. And you're right. Sam Neill gets most of those cheesy lines. Yeah. I mean, Sam Neill's response right there to that. She won't let you. And like, he has just this kind of like smile on his face. And I'm like, but your smile isn't creepy or maniacal or foreshadowing anything. Because you've had that smile on your face the entire movie. (laughs) What movie Sam Neill known for when he was young. It's really fucking Jurassic weird. Jurassic Park? No, when he was young. It's like in the 70s or 80s. Possession? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Well, we've never seen In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, there are a couple of those where he's supposed to be creepy and he does a very good job. I think a lot of this just gets chalked down to it was a movie that they wanted to get out there. They pushed back Titanic And they needed something to fill in the summer slot. So they turned this whole thing around in a matter of months and didn't put all that much money into it. And this is what you get after that, you know? Something that is frustrating because it could have been incredible. This movie, 
Could have been incredible. I think if we remade it today, it would be great. I agree with that, especially with the graphics they have today. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was part of the problem. It's just like... Oof, yeah. Oh, God, all those 90s CG it's, yeah. graphics. It's real bad. It's real bad. So, right after he explains like what it does, how it takes you from one place to another, we find out that it took the, them to another dimension. I was just like, so this is just another Hellraiser movie. Yep. They... Enter into the dimension of hell. The hell dimension, yeah. And then there are there's suffering and torture, and basically Sam Neil turns into a Cenobite, uh-huh. and the thing, the the black hole looks like the Lament configuration. I'm like, why wasn't this a Hellraiser movie? When he goes back and he hallucinates his wife, like where he has to relive her suicide. She, she has no eyeballs. She has no eyeballs. <laughs> And she says, I have such wonderful, wonderful things to show you. Which is straight out of Hellraiser. Hellraiser, yeah. He says, I have such sights to show you. Hmm. You're with me. And I have such wonderful, wonderful things to show you. We have such sights to show you. Yeah, so he keeps saying, come down, it's perfectly safe. And he just has this smile on his face that he just has on his face the entire film. It doesn't slowly creep up. It doesn't get there when he reaches the event horizon. He's had this look on his face the entire movie, and it bothered me. Oh, you just think Sam Neill's creepy, I think. No, I don't think <laughs> Sam Neill's creepy. I think Sam Neill's a very pleasant person, which is the problem. You shouldn't be pleasant. I should be scared of you. But my point is, is that we know that he can do creepy. So I think it is just, there just wasn't enough time and enough quality direction on this. Probably. This is the part with the kid where she gets left behind trying to grab the air. So this is when she sees her son. We don't get any backstory. We know she has a son. She was supposed to spend time with him. She was sent on this mission, so she couldn't spend time with her son. Yeah, I mean, he's si- he's sitting there on the table when she sees him. He's sitting straight upright, but his legs are out straight in and front of him. is he, like, in a box or something? Yes. He's in a box. It's like a tent. It's like a medical, one of those tents, the sort of isolation tents that you might put somebody in. And his legs have maggots coming out of them. Which they never explain. Never explain. Never went into it. It's just needed to disturb her. It's hell disturbing Maybe her. it is. Maybe it's just hell trying to, you know, like, your son needs help. Is. Come and help your son. I guess. But, like, just the specificity of it just made it feel like there's a story here and I'm yes. not being told that story. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And it's, I mean, I don't mind so much that... I would have a problem if it was just ghosts that knew things, but this is hell, and hell knows your heart. I think that's fine that it knows things about you and your past and uses them specifically against you to manipulate you. If this was just a haunted ship in space, then I'd be like, oh, that's dumb, that's contrived, but since it's hell... Hell is all-knowing, Jesse. Hell knows everything. Omnipotent, right? Yeah, uh uh-huh. So, okay, this is when... She gets stopped from, like, doing anything because somebody runs in and says, Peters, Justin is dying. She runs in and Justin tells her he's coming. Who's coming? The dark. And I I gotta say, the first thing I thought of was a joke that you told me years ago. Uh Uh-oh. And you refuse to acknowledge that you're the one who told it to me. You're like, I've never heard that before in my life. What, What joke is it? Now you gotta tell it. 
I want to shoot the missiles into the darkness. What? Oh, the dead alewives D and D session. Know. She doesn't know, and I swear you're the one. I'm who gonna cast me. magic missile. At what? You're alone. The, the darkness. darkness. I'm casting magic missile. Why are you casting magic missile? There's nothing to attack here. I, I'm attacking the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no recollection of this. Well, you learn something new about yourself every day. Yeah. Apparently, I'm hilarious in Kelsey's <laughs> past. <laughs> yeah, he says the dark is coming. At the same time, Sam Neill and Fishburn are trying to fix the ship. And Sam Neill almost does it, but gets uh, sidetracked by the memory of his wife with no eyes in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Killing yourself. No I have such balls. wonderful, wonderful things to show you. Yes. I mean, at least it was interesting in that way. We don't find out that she killed herself until now. Everything else is just him saying that he misses her. She might be dead. It might be because he's devoted himself to his work and he's never at home. Like, we don't know exactly what happened. We don't find out until he sees her and he's like, he talks to her a little bit. And then he realizes what's happening is, oh, she's drawn a bath. And, oh, she has the knife or whatever. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to relive this again. Like, he says that. It's a little heartbreaking. Yeah, not again, not again. So, like, the idea that he's relived this mm-hmm. several times in his memory, it was yeah. good. That was sad. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I think it was sad, but, like, I just keep going back to the point of, like, what was the point of it, I guess? Like, there was just no, I don't know, they didn't build anything. They didn't do anything with it. I mean, I don't Did Sam Neill bring hell to the ship? I mean, was he the one toting around hell? I'm thinking that maybe this drive always went to hell. And so when he's done all of his testing and all that other stuff, all of his work, like that's the only place it goes. And so he's been exposed to hell before this. Maybe because he devoted himself to work. He, a piece of his soul went on the ship and brought back hell to which he returned uh-huh. to hell. Facts. Yeah. But Just then hell but then hell uses his wife who it has because you know Catholicism <laughs> uh, <laughs> to lure him into being its minion, becoming a Cenobite effectively. Probably. But anyway, so Fishburne has been trying to yell at Sam Neill, but Sam Neill is off in la-la land, so he can't hear him. And for whatever reason, Fishburne couldn't hear him when Sam was calling out his name. They don't explain that. But Fishburne gets distracted by this dude who pops up and flames. Oh, he's on fire. Yeah, yes. He died in one of his ex or one of his last expeditions. Like, yes. And he, he couldn't save him or something like what that. What we find out is that Fishburne did the right thing thing (laughs) listeners of the show should know by now (laughs) you close that door majority over minority man you do not let that person in if it's going to risk the lives of of the rest of the crew Mm -hmm. so yes there was a previous mission that he ended up not opening the door for somebody who was still inside the ship and as it was catching fire and that person ended up dying He never told anybody, but he still saw it there. So he's like, the ship knows, is what he figures out. The ship knows his darkest secrets. 
Yeah, so they start to realize that the ship is alive. Maybe the ship is reacting to them. It's trying to do things to them. And that is when they find that Justin is gone. And so they follow the banging. They find him. And where is he? He's in the airlock chamber. Uh Uh-huh. Trying to commit suicide by leaving the ship. Oh, this is a great Lawrence Fishburne moment, though, because he's outside the ship. Why is he outside the ship? Fixing it, I think. Was he fixing it? That's a good question. Because Cooper and Smith were the ones that were fixing the ship. Yeah. I that's I, I I'm sure wrote, it told us, I just don't remember. I wrote down why is Lawrence Fishburne outside of the ship? <laughs> but he is, he's outside the ship. And so he's just hearing over the radio that Justin is in the airlock. And he just, he starts to, like, push himself in zero gravity through, you know, uh, along the outside of the ship to get to him in time. And there's this great moment where, oh, another heartbreaking moment. Justin snaps out of it in the middle of it. But before he does, before he snaps out of it, he says, did you hear it? It shows you horrible things. The dark inside me from another place. I won't go back there. If you had seen the things I had seen, you wouldn't try to stop me. Now that all sounds like stuff that you might say if you had really been to hell. But then he does, as you put it, snap out of it. uh And suddenly he's terrified and he doesn't want to die. So who is talking there? I think that's the devil. uh, Yeah, I think that's hell compelling him to kill himself. So that he'll go to hell? Yeah, wants him. But if there is a soul, but if, there, but if there is a hell, doesn't that imply that there is a heaven? Yes. We didn't go into heaven in this movie. <laughs> but what's your point? My point is why why are we so sure that he would wind up in hell? Because he's gonna commit suicide. Oh yeah, according but to then, Catholicism. But then that, yeah, but that would be against God's belief in free will, because he wouldn't have done that of his own free will. It's manipulating him for sure. Well, I mean, but, it's the same with like Annabelle, I mean, like, what was the movie where, like, the black woman, like, had the doll? Yeah, that's Annabelle, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, she jumped yeah. out of the window, and, the, the, the like, hell still took her, but it wasn't, like, willingly, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, hell doesn't play by God's rules. I'm not happy. No, I totally get it, get what you're saying. Yes, it's absolutely <laughs> not fair, but nobody ever said hell was fair. <laughs> The eyeballs with Justin again? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay, okay. So, so 30 seconds, there's a 30 second countdown where the pressure will equalize, the doors will open, and he'll be spit out into space. When that happens, Fishburne's like talking to him over the radio, like, you need to close your eyes shut, you need to curl yourself into a ball, you need to exhale all the air out of your lungs right now. And he's just trying to like, Tell him exactly what to do. You need to listen to me. Stay calm and do what I say. Captain Miller, tell them to open the door. They can't do that, Justin. I don't want to die in here. You're not going to die. I want you to listen to me very carefully, and I'm going to get you out of there. It's starting. My eyes. Don't think about them. Shut them. Just shut them as tight as you can. Five seconds. Fuck yourself into a crouched position. Make yourself into a ball now. I I, I, I can't breathe. Oh, Oh, God. I want you to huff and puff and blow all the air out of your lungs. You hear me? All the air out of your lungs, Justin. Do it now. Okay, baby bear. I got him. 
I got him. Stand by, people. It's a great Lawrence Fishburne moment. But yeah, he panics, he freaks, the door opens, and he gets shot out towards Fishburne's waiting arms. But his eyes like start bleeding. Ex- well, they like explode from from the the decompression. <laughs> like the vacuum of space just like sucks his eyeballs out of his head. Yes. Can we have like an eyeball counter? Like, yes. Can we like put something on Ding. your on your like website that's just yeah. like every time we talk about eyeballs? <laughs> Lots of eyeballs going on here. It's a very sad moment, though. He goes, he goes, Mama Bear, what's going on? Yeah, let me out. Here. Let me out. It's like, I, I can't, it baby hurts. bear. It hurts. It's so sad. It's interesting, though, the Save relationships. Him. Right. And what kind of a life is that going to be? What kind of a life does a blind person have, Kelsey? Jesus Christ, oh my Kelsey. God. God. Ah, blind person. Send him <laughs> to hell. Not worth their time. <laughs> what kind of quality of life is that? But no, I think he's also paralyzed. Other he's like a vegetable. Were breaking, other things were yeah. bursting. It uh-huh. wasn't just the eyes. eyeballs. They basically say he's going to be fucked up for life. <laughs> but yes, Lawrence Fishburne catches him and pulls him back in. So it's 30 seconds to open the doors and only five seconds on the other side, which would be like the opposite to release pressure as fast, to fill. Pressure would take longer. Needed to work for the movie, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> there are no laws in hell, guys. Yep. Gravity works differently. Hell isn't fair. Uh, so, the, um, he, the F- Fishburn keeps seeing the dude he left behind. Uh-huh. So Weir puts a bomb on the Lewis and Clark. Yes, why? Why? Because he, he doesn't want them, want to, them to leave. Yeah. He... he, he Weir thinks that the ship is alive and needs a crew and the last crew died. So the Lewis and Clark brought a new crew. And so he needs to destroy the Lewis and Clark to prevent them from leaving. And so he takes one of the bombs from that corridor on the event horizon and puts it on the ship and he kills Smith that way. Which was another sad moment uh-huh. because he saw the counter at like four seconds. Yeah, he's like, and oh, he had an God. oh shit moment. Yeah. yeah, that was really sad. After they had just fixed the whole ship. Yeah, they yeah. had just fixed the ship. Cooper was still outside picking up his tools and everything like Which that. Which is why Cooper survives. So he survives. It is so good. And he gets blasted away with part of the Lewis and Clark and he's magnet feeded onto it. Yeah, what was up with the magnet feet? It's how was- you walk on the outside of the ship when there's no gravity. Uh- Okay, because I was like, is that a thing? I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently it was real, too. Like, those outfits were, like, as real as they could get them. And so they they weighed, like, 65 pounds or something like that. And they had special rigs in order to allow them to sit down because they couldn't sit down with them on. So they had, like, suspension rigs, poles that they would rest on. Yeah. Huh. But anyway, he has to purge his oxygen tanks to... You know, Wally his way back to the ship. Mm-hmm. I'm coming, motherfuckers. Is that what he says? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here I come, motherfuckers! There's so many notes. There's so much stuff. There's so much going on. So much eyeball action. <laughs> There's gotta be at least seven moments of eyeballs in this movie. <laughs> so, okay. This is when they say the line, fuck the ship. Yes. That you love. Fuck this ship. Love it. At one point I wrote, I mean, his name is Weir, for God's sakes. What is this writing? (laughs) (laughs) Here I come, motherfuckers. Okay, I finally found us. I found where we are. Okay. 
So yeah, so then Jason Isaacs dies in a very Hannibal Lecter oh. sort of, or Hannibal TV show. Sort well, but of also way. a Hellraiser sort of way. He gets strung up on hooks by the, the back of his skin. His rib cage gets torn open and all of his, his guts spilled out. out. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But I think there's very specifically. I think there's an episode of Hannibal where somebody gets killed that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and their skin's all their skin is flayed and it's spread out like wings on an angel or something. Is that which oh, I'm pretty sure you took straight wait. from Hannibal? I think they're called the yeah. Angel Kills. No, it wasn't from the show. It was actually in the movie. It's in it the a, movie. It was a cop, and he strung the cop up like that. Yeah, is is, is that the movie Hannibal? Not the TV show. No, Hannibal? that you're thinking of one of the deaths in. The Silence of the Lambs, which per- I, you're right, that actually might be exactly what happened. Oh but yeah, I yeah. The cop, a- the the cop yeah. you're talking about is in Silence of the Lambs. Yes, but I I, I think I, there's an episode of Hannibal where yeah. a killer does that. Too. Anyway, it's stolen from Hannibal. Everybody but loves also Hellraiser. Everybody loves flaying people open. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> which by the way. It was kind of uncharacteristic, I felt, because, like, everybody else died in, like, by their own devices, whereas, like, this guy was, oh, like... Oh, he was murdered. Murdered. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. And, and disemboweled. Like, it yeah. just, to me, was kind of a departure of what the mo- where the movie was going prior to that. Do you think that there was something, some haunted thing from hell that did that to him, or do you think Weir did it? I always was under the impression that Weir did it. Me too. Yeah. I think okay. Weir did it because he's being... He's being, um, I mean, manipulated. a possessed weird. Possessed by yeah. like, hell. Possessed yeah. so much that he gouges out his own eyes. More eyeballs. <laughs> More eyeballs. They're obsessed with seeing things and then not needing eyes to see things. Where this ship is going, we don't need eyes. Yeah. Don't they say that? Yes. They literally say that. What happened to your eyes? Where we're we going, we won't need eyes to see. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh my yes. God, I wrote that line down and I was like, Jesus. And then, like, <laughs> there's so many terrible lines in this film and I'm, I'm skipping a lot of them because it's just not worth it. But uh-huh, it, yeah. That's fair. So who's left alive at this point? Stark is alive. We're going to a dimension of pure chaos and evil. <laughs> How did Peters die? Is that the woman? Mm-hmm. The mom. She fell down that bottomless pit. Oh, yeah, and splashed in the water in the engine room. My yes. note here is yes. the bitch didn't see a bottomless pit before she, she fell. ran after her phantom son and then Letter just fell in death. a hole in the ground right and into the spelled. engine compartment. Yes. Yeah, uh huh. It just kind of explodes. And then a sane Sam Neill finds her and well, is like, oh, God, oh, no. Yeah. Peters, oh, God. Yeah. But that part reminded me of Home Alone 2 when. Marv walks into the townhouse and scouts. Oh yeah, uh-huh. but doesn't the see the hole right in front of him. Doesn't see a gaping yeah. hole in front of him, and yeah. then falls for like half the movie. <laughs> He's falling for the last thirty minutes. He's been he gets stuck in that pit for seemingly yeah. forever. I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. Missing out. I only like the first one. <laughs> so Sam Neill confronts. Lawrence Fishburne in the cockpit cabin area at the front of the event horizon. And it's almost like it's just the two of them at this point, but it's not. There's still some people alive. Jolie Richardson's still alive. Cooper's still alive outside the ship, which is why it's so good. When Sam Neill pulls a gun on Lawrence Fishburne, and then all of a sudden, outside through the window, Cooper's like, hey, what's going on in there, guys? And he's just, like, banging on the window. 
I love at one point Cooper can't control like how he, how fast he's going. He's like, oh shit, I can't stop. Oh shit! And he just like slams into it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a part where at some point they, uh, I think Sam Neill says, "You wanted to know where the ship went. I'm going to show you." It's very yeah. much like uh-huh. in Hellraiser Two, where she says, "You wanted to know. Now you know." Yep. How did Sam Neill get superhuman strength, guys? He, like, how was he like using like one hand to like pick up a body? And he went it? to hell and was given his yeah. Cenobite powers. Hell. hell gave him power. Hell gave him. Okay. Yeah. He gets he gets sucked out into space. So he fires his rivet gun. Is what it is. It's how they they've been repairing the ship and everything. Fires it at even though he can't see him at Cooper outside because he hears the noise. It busts a hole open. In the hull of the ship, and Cooper manages to get in that way. Lawrence Fishburne saves himself, and Weir gets sucked out into space, and we think he's dead. But then he comes back, he comes and back. he's like, the ship brought me back. He's like covered in barbed wire, and he has his eyes again. They yeah. gave him his eyes back. Can we also talk about how Justin almost was mangled and killed in space for like three and a half seconds. Uh-huh. Yet these guys were exposed to space yes. for like minutes. Uh-huh. With all and the nobody's eyes got out. Yeah. gouged uh-huh. out or anything. Well, oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. Bullshit. Yeah, dude. Hell doesn't play by the rules. So before... <laughs> so great. Before Weir comes back, Fishburn... Jolie Richardson, Stark, and Cooper, who are still alive, and I guess Justin, who's a vegetable, basically, at this point, uh, they decide they're going to, what, blow the neck and then take the rescue pod area of the Event Horizon? So they're taking care of that, and Lawrence Fishburne goes to set the explosives, and that's where he runs into Weir again. Yes. With his eyeballs. With his eyeballs now. Yes. Yes. And now he has- No hair. No <laughs> right? hair cuts He's bald, everywhere. Cuts, cuts all over his skin. Everywhere. That's what it is. It's not barbed wire. It's just cuts li- in lines. Yeah, all over his skin. Yeah, a cheap version of Pinhead, pretty much. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, and and he has a line where he says, hell is only a word. The reality is much worse, which reminded me of Hellraiser 6. Welcome to the worst hell of all, reality. And now suddenly he's super fucking human. He says that there is no escape. You are all coming with me. And he does the whole, like, do you do see you line. See? Do you see? Except he actually shows him. He grabs him and, and like, he shows him his crew, Fishburne's crew, uh, being tortured. Being tortured. And at some point, we didn't mention, at some point we get some video footage of what actually happened to the original crew. Oh, yeah. So Liberate May turned into Liberate something else, which is save yourself from hell. Yes. Which is what it actually translates to. And then we get the video. And like I said earlier, it's like a Hieronymus Bosch painting of like this orgiastic hellscape. Everyone's ripping out their own eyes and fucking and like just skin. Who was filming this? Good question. I mean, that, did anyone think of that? Like, who was like, oh, this is going to mix for some great material, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like the captain's log or something, wasn't the it? Shit, like, man. Yeah. The shit. It's alive. <laughs> but yeah, so he's showing them all of this. And do you see? Do you see? And that's the Red Dragon moment. Yeah, that's taken straight out of Red Dragon. Or Manhunter. And although it's not in Manhunter, right? It's I don't in remember. the book and it's in. It's in the movie the Ray Red Dragon. Fines version. But I don't know if it's in the yeah. Do you see? 
Mrs. Jacoby in human form. Do you see? Yes. Mrs. Leeds in human form. Do you see? Yes. Mrs. Jacoby changing. Oh, my God. Mrs. Leeds changing. Do you see? Mrs. Jacoby reborn. Do you see? Mrs. Leeds reborn. Do you see? Anyway, Miller's response is, yes, I see. Do you see? Yes. I see. Do you see now? Yeah, I see. And then he he has the detonator now. Right. And he blows up and separates the ship that way, sacrificing himself. Do you remember Sam Neill's response? Oh my god. It's this sort of Darth Vader no, arms outstretched, eyes bulge, camera pushes in. Yeah. No! Really bad. So bad. I wrote that cheesy buildup and then the no reaction. Oh my God. Yeah, what the fuck? Why didn't Lucas see that and be like, oh, I shouldn't do that. That's a bad idea. It's kind of like the graphics where the you let me burn, like that part too, you're just like cringing. You're mm-hmm. just like. <sighs> yeah, so the dude that Fishburne bur- let burn to death comes back several times in this mo- in these moments, in these last moments. And yet he looks really bad. Yeah. His eyes do not look they like they are. entirely CG. It's, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's supposed to be on fire, but his eyes very clearly are not there. You know, it's bad. So. Cooper and Stark are still alive. Justin's still alive, but barely. They get into their hibernation pods to hopefully be rescued, which they are. Jolie Richardson is is let out, Stark, and then the rescue person takes off his helmet, and it's Sam Neill again! Ah! 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 ah, ah. With or without eyeballs! (laughs) With with eyeballs still. It's his Cenobite version. And then she screams, but then it turns out, no, that was just a hallucination. She actually is rescued, but she still can't stop screaming. Are they truly safe? 72 days they were out in space is what we heard. 72 days later. Can we talk about how this movie defies all the horror movie rhetorics and has a black man and a woman survive? survive at the yeah, end? Uh-huh. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And our hero is a black man, too. And yeah, uh-huh. that is pretty great. Progressive. <laughs> of course. 1997. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are only three people that we see die in this whole movie. Really? hmm Oh, but you're not counting the crew. Right. We never see them die. We never actually well, see- Well, we kind of see them all tortured to well, we death. we see the one guy that gouged his own eyeballs out and had them in his hands. Laughing for some Laughing reason. Laughing maniacally. Yeah, uh-huh. And yet telling us to save ourselves from hell. Yeah. Do these things work together? So- Do they- we see DJ die, uh, Jason Isaacs. We see Smith die, Alfred Pennyworth. We see Peters die from the fall. And that's all we see die. What woman survives? Jolie Richardson. Yeah. Oh, oh, the one from Nip Tuck. Yes. Weir and Miller, we don't know that they die because all he does is he just separates the engine from the front compartment and the engine starts up. 
because Pretty the explosion. Sure he's dead, considering he went off into space. <laughs> he, gets, he only had twenty four hours of oxygen. <laughs> well, but he gets sucked into a black hole. Now, if you go by my earlier theory that that black hole always goes to hell, well, then he's going to hell. But we've seen people go into that and come back, you know. So right, but he got sucked out into space and then suddenly reappeared. I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> Justin went in and came out. He did. What quality of life does he have? <laughs> but that wasn't because of going in. That was because of getting sucked out of the airlock. <laughs> anyway, they are making a series about this movie. Really? really? Yes, they are. Currently? Currently, yes. Like, they announced it in 2019, I want to say. Adam Wingard, Wingard is uh, directing it. Uh, no I think it could yet. be great. Yes. Apparently. So, it is very cult- According to Paul W.S. Anderson, the director, of course, didn't do well in the theaters, got some bad reviews, but according to Anderson, he was talking, he had screened it for Kurt Russell, who was in Soldier, which is what he directed next. And Kurt Russell was the star, and he had screened this movie for the cast of Soldier. Kurt Russell, according to Anderson, said to him, forget about what this movie is doing right now. In 15 years, this is going to be the movie you're glad you made. Like, and it did get kind of a cult following. And of all the movies he's made, maybe? Yeah, well, when your movies are shit. Yeah. Sorry, Resident Evil fans. I like Resident Evil. Oh, do you? I do. I don't know. I just watched it like two days ago. (laughs) Did you really? I really, I had it on while I was working. Oh, I've only seen like one of them. Oh, I had the first one on. Wow. I I don't know, like the last later ones. Nah. They get like, <laughs> really weird. They get really good. weird. I don't know if I've ever seen the first one. So that's the best one. You can't rip on Resident Evil if you haven't seen the first one. That's a good point. But the original crew was eighteen members, so total body count would be twenty-one. And if you count Miller and Weir, that's twenty-three. So a lot of deaths. Although we didn't see exactly, yeah, we that's only why I don't saw. count. Only three on-screen deaths. NC seventeen. Okay, well, I'm sure those scenes that we saw, we didn't even talk about them. Do you want to even talk about them? Which scenes? The scenes of hell. What did you? Any thoughts? You know, I almost felt that like hell was like a living being. <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. not, a and it place. brought life to the ship, and yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah like ra- rather than a place, like. They almost like mapped it out to be like, oh, they crossed this threshold. But I didn't feel that was the direction they were going. It was more of like like a state of being. Like there was something alive and it was like taking them over. That's... But what did you think of the imagery that they used? Of like the bodies being mutilated? And... I mean, I wish I could have seen what they were intending to do. I mean, it would be nice to, like, see it in its true form. I felt like it was kind of bastardized a little bit. Yeah, which is a bummer that we can never get that again. Well, okay, but here's the thing. What I saw is all I needed to see. Everything that they showed me, I was like, yeah, I can can imagine that that's what hell would be like. I don't need another 20 minutes of that. But do you watch Hellraiser and not want to see the skinless man? Do you watch Hellraiser and not want to see people in hooks? Like, maybe you shouldn't be watching Hellraiser then. This is the same sort of thing. Yeah, you watch horror movies to get scared, yo. <laughs> oh, no, no, I totally. I, I just thought... It was sufficient enough with the I thought it was sufficient. I didn't think that they needed to have 
way more of that stuff. Uh huh. I thought it gave, it told me what they wanted to tell me. If there was more to that, and I feel like there was, I feel, oh, of course we know there was. I feel like the more of that was just for making the audience squirm. I don't think it would have done anything to the plot. Eh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it might have given you a better impression of what, like, why you should be terrified right now. Oh, I get it. <laughs> what I saw, I'm good. I don't need to go there. You didn't watch that clip and be like, hmm, seems like a place to see. <laughs> no. All that crew no, seemed to be having fun. <laughs> so what do you guys think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? As a percentage, oh, as a perfe- percentage of professional reviewers who said that they liked the movie overall. And my rating would be much higher. But I'm going to say yes, like, what do you think that I'm it actually I'm going to say like 46. Kelsey? I think I know. I think I saw it. Is it 28? It is 28. Out of 76 reviews, the consensus statement is, despite a strong opening that promises sci-fi thrills, Event Horizon quickly devolves into an exercise of style over substance whose flashy effects and gratuitous gore fail to mask its over-reliance on horror cliches. So funny that they call it gratuitous horror Yeah, because it's really not. There's not a lot. Except for the eyes, there's not a lot of gore. But there is a lot of cliche, there is a lot of... It does turn into sort of like a very cliche action movie kind of thing towards the end of the movie. You know what I mean? So I can definitely see where they're coming from. I mean... I, if I were to rate it, I would give it, like, a 77. I mean, I just feel like, I mean, I, when I was texting you while I was watching it, called it a timeless classic, although you don't agree with me. <laughs> but, I, yes, there are moments that are a little dated, but overall, I just think the movie was an enjoyable watch. Like, it was just easy to take in. I mean, yeah, there were plot gaps and stuff like that, but it's just, it's a pretty easy watch for the most part. I I think it's freaky. I mean, there's not a whole lot of movies that, I don't want to say personify hell, but kind of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think there's a lot that's really cool about it, but we all think it's underrated at 28, right? Yes. Okay. What would you give it, Kelsey? I'm going to give it a 70. Give it a 70. I think it's, I think it's interesting and I think it's, a fun ride, and I think it's it can be scary at times, especially the first time you see it. The, 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 the graphics are so bad. On the graphics alone, I would be willing to give it a 60. But I will give it a 70 because I, I was surprised at how enjoyable it was. Because I remembered it being just a miserable watch. I remembered it just being like, just rolling my eyes the entire time. Yeah. I remember talking to you and saying, we're going to do an episode about this. And you were like, oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on. But, and and as cheesy as the, some of the lines are, there were some good ones. And there were some ones that made me laugh out loud. Him yelling, here I come, motherfuckers, like, oh, made me laugh yeah, uh-huh. uh, out loud. Um Fuck this ship. Yes. Fishburne's oh, lines so made good. me laugh. So, like, there's some really good lines. There's just some, some unfortunate ones as well. Yeah, I'll give it a 71. Ah, so we're all kind of in the same arena. Yeah. I think it's it's really, really good. I think contrary to what Kelsey thinks, I think it's worse than I remember it being. But I remember loving this movie. So 
that I'd still give it a really high score. I think there's a lot of ambition. I think what it's going for is really what I like. And I think it's successful in a lot of ways, but there is a lot of cheese. The special effects are really bad. I feel like it could have done better. And it disappointed me that they didn't get the time. They didn't get the freedom to put in there what they wanted to do. And I would really like to see this one remade. Yeah, I agree with that. So that is 1997's event horizon. Before we move on to our next movie, horror trivia. Oh, I didn't say it has a 35 Metacritic and a D-plus cinema score. Okay. Well, this is a true or false question, so... All right, so if you get it wrong, I'll get it right. (laughs) True or false. The creator of 1988's Child's Play drew inspiration for Chucky from the case of an actual haunted doll. I think that's true. I think I remember hearing that. Or no, 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 no. It was, I would have said it was false. Something, it, it was something that was haunted, but I can't remember if it was a doll. I don't, rem- I don't remember. I don't know. No, I'm I think making, they just thought the up. kids' dolls were creepy, right? True or false? <sighs> I know I've heard this story before, but I can't remember. I'll say false. It is true. Ah! I don't think that that's actually true. Whether you believe it or not, you should look up Robert the Haunted Doll. He has a fascinating story, and you can even visit him at the East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Do you know Annabelle was based off a real doll, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off of, what's it, Raggedy, Raggedy Ann? Ann. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard of Robert the Doll. There is a TV episode about it from the show Lore. Um, and I love yeah. that show. I just watched that recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. There's an episode about him. And then, uh, funny enough, old. some of my students told me about him this year because I always do a big, ha- I, I do a big thing for Halloween in my class. And so, um, kids were like, Have you ever heard of Robert the Doll? I was like, No. And then I found um, out about it through lore. And apparently, well, they like that's what child's pasta, play is so. based on. Yeah, I don't know that that's the case. Ah! I mean, because then you could say that it's based off of Annabelle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, there's enough haunted doll stuff. Go on eBay and search haunted doll. Like, there's tons of haunted doll shit. Is this based on this one specific thing? I don't know. I think it's more just based on the, hey, here's a bunch of talking dolls that were really fucking creepy. Like the, the my buddy that opened its eyes that I had, there was that other doll. We t- When we did our Child's Play episode, we talked about this. Uh, There's a lot of source material. You don't need the fact that there once was a haunted doll to be your source material. I think that's wrong. <laughs> that somebody can correct me. I'll look it up while I'm editing and take all this out if I'm wrong. <laughs> You'll never know. All right. What is the name of the episode of Grave Encounters that we get to see footage from? Oh, God. I even said it out loud. I know you <laughs> did. Oh, God, I don't remember. <laughs> I know you said this, too. I don't remember. I said it out loud. I know you did. Kelsey, what's the answer? Uh, it's... Can I, can yeah, I do Yeah, you notes? can check your notes, yes. Okay, um, the Haunted Asylum. Yes. Actually, actually, no, it is the Haunted Asylum. Oh, did they spell it wrong? It's, S- it's A-S-Y-U-L-M. Wow. <laughs> But whatever. It's a <laughs> it's an archive note is all we get. That's like right. you know, it's not like it an actual archives. title card or anything like that. So that brings us to our next movie, Grave Encounters from 2011, 
written and directed by the Vicious Brothers, Colin Minahan and Stuart Ortiz. They really know the Not Vicious actually brothers. brothers. Yeah, they're credited <laughs> as the Vicious Brothers at the end of the movie. <laughs> Absolutely 100. If you go to IMDb, it shows Colin Minahan, Stuart Ortiz, and the Vicious Brothers as a separate entity. But they make up the Vicious Brothers. At the end of the movie, it says directed by or written and directed by or whatever, the Vicious Brothers. Whenever two guys get together to write and direct their own movies, they always got to give themselves a cool name. True. So this movie also stars Sean Rogerson, Ashley Grisco, Merwin Mondesir, and Juan Reidinger. What is Grave Encounters about? It's basically taking a big rip on those ghost hunting shows. Ghost adventures, ghosty bros, as I like to call them. Yes, yes. Um, And so it's this film crew that does the paranormal research, and they go to this asylum. The lead guy, what's his name? I have it written down. Do you know how many times I wrote his name down as Zach? Because that's the name of the guy from Ghost Adventures, Zach Baggins or whatever his name is. (laughs) How many times I wrote that down? Lance is his name. Lance, that's it. Lance is extremely skeptical, thinking that he's just doing this for ratings and trying to get his show up and running. This is episode six, I believe, of their show. It is, So they're yes. just starting out. And everything goes awry. Yes. While filming at a, what, a, a an abandoned asylum? An abandoned asylum. Which we don't know how the footage was found. We don't. We never find out. Very Never, never covered. But it is, it is introduced upsetting. at the beginning by like a producer or something who stresses that I I need you to understand this is this is real footage it is not fake we just cut it for time nothing was simulated blah 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 I want to be very clear about this what you're about to see is not a movie okay this has been assembled from some 76 plus hours of raw mini dv source footage that was shot for Lance's show not a frame of this has been doctored it hasn't been manipulated in any way this is just raw footage that's been edited strictly for time. But of course we know that's bullshit. You can watch the movie for free with ads. On Do Ro- we, Chris? Do we? <laughs> you can watch the movie for free with ads on Roku and Vudu or with a subscription to Amazon Prime or Hoopla. You can rent it for $4 on most services, but as low as $3 on Amazon and Vudu. You can buy it for $8 on iTunes and Amazon, but it goes up. From there, should people watch Grave Encounters? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Why do you think so? I mean, it just has this, like, knock at, like, a dark comedy kind of. I don't want to say it is a dark comedy, but it has those moments where, which Kelsey laughed almost the entire movie. But, I mean, it does have a, a scary quality to it. So it's not a dark comedy, but it does, like, take a big piss out of those Ghost Hunter shows. <laughs> Kelsey, what do you think? I would say yes, you should see it. Um, I'm just sad that it really it got its momentum going really fast and I'm enjoying I was enjoying it a lot. And then it I thought it was interesting that the part where it slowed down the most was the part that I felt should have had the most spring in its step. When they start to get haunted, the pacing just really slowed down. And I think that was I think that's probably my biggest problem with this movie. I think that it, it could have been great if they had just kept up that pace. But when it yeah. slowed down, I was like, 
Why? You had such a good thing going here. It's also like with the movie we watched last week, Fear Inc., where it ropes you in with its with its humor, and then it just completely abandons it by the end of the movie. And it's like it's like horror comedies don't know how to do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's a real big problem when you're trying to build your climax towards the end and you need people to be scared and thrilled. Like, being f- scared and laughter are so closely related. And it's like filmmakers just fucking forgot how to do them both at the same time. That's one of my biggest complaints about this movie is that it just stops being funny. It w- Yeah, it was really, really funny for a while. And I liked that a lot about it. And I was it really It really does take it. the piss out of ghost adventures, like Jesse says. But yeah, once the, the real haunting starts... You know, they're they're too scared to be funny anymore, which I understand, and that is fine. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense within the plot. But keep up the pace. Don't make don't yeah. make me sit and watch somebody the parts where he would just sit there and talk to the camera, I was like, I've seen Blair Witch Project. I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need you telling me how scared you are. Yeah. Blair Witch did found footage better. I think Wreck did a quote unquote documentary. No, I mean that's Blair I thought Witch this that did too. a great job with the documentary aspect of it. Right, right. But I mean, it's it, it's kind of not the best of any individual facet, but I still really like it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm also recommending that you watch it with the caveat, if you like found footage movies. Um, I, I like, don't agree. They do some fun stuff. I hate paranormal activity, and I liked this. No, but there's a difference between a paranormal activity, which is just security camera footage, and documentarians collecting a text, a document, right? Like, that's what they're doing here. It's not what's happening in, like, paranormal activity. But they do some really neat stuff, and they have some really great ideas. And then they have some ideas that aren't so inspired and are kind of lame. And the CG that they implement in this movie is god-awful. Do you agree with that? The CG, like when their faces change, it's yeah, terrible. It's it looks like the stuff that you see it at like a haunted house. Yeah, it's know? it's something that I've never ever used After Effects before, but I have used Premiere. I you know I have used a lot of the Adobe Suite. I bet you I could do that in a day. I can find that on the internet. I've used things like that in my powerpoints for school. No, no, no. I <laughs> mean, I but scare my kids. Right, right, right. I'm saying you can you can. <laughs> find it i'm saying i could make it ah. in a day like there are tutorials out there it's really easy stuff to just like oh black out the eyes and extend the jaw and like change the color palette like these are all just settings and quick filters that you could get well, that was really disappointing but it is low budget yeah i was about to say isn't it extremely low budget? yeah so i think though i think they could have just avoided any scenario where they needed those faces at all. I think they could have, <laughs> if they had just taken out the faces, I don't need that face. I yeah. thought it was creepy enough, a little, a, a girl running Agreed. around, a, a dude up in the corner. I agree. Um, And like the whole thing with Matt, when they find Matt and he's scared, that's scary to me. Yeah, that you know? was effective. Like where he's just babbling and he's saying all this crazy shit and it's like, what is going on? And then people just disappear. Like there was a lot of scary stuff and I felt... All I needed was her, whoever it was, to turn and see a person up in the corner. It didn't need the face. Yeah. Agree. You don't need that jump scare face reveal. So you can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2011's Grave Encounters. Mark. Good evening. 
and welcome to another episode of Grave Encounters. Psychiatric hospitals like this were seen as sort of a, a dumping ground for embarrassing family members rather than a place that they could go to actually get help. Many of them were severely disturbed. It's truly frightening. I swear to God that I saw someone right at the end of the hall there. And he swears that, that, that something pushed him off the ladder. So you guys see this window here? Lock it up real good at night. Come back in the morning. Sometimes this thing's wide open. Tonight, my crew and I, using the most sophisticated in ghost hunting equipment, we're in search of definitive proof of spirits that were unsettled in life and possibly unsettled in the afterlife. Is there someone here with us? What the f was that? What if this is something real? Did you get that? All right, Jesse, get us started. How okay. does Grave Encounters begin? Okay, so we start off in front of this abandoned asylum. And the camera crew, kind of cockily, like, they're kind of cocky. They've walked in, and they're just starting their show. They're on their, I believe, their sixth episode. And they're looking for people to interview. And was it the caretaker they interviewed first? No, the first was a doctor or Doctor, yeah. yes. Yes, they interviewed a doctor. And um, they take a big rip out of these ghost hunting shows because they have them it, it, like do the shots where they're all on the screen and they go time for great encounters yeah uh-huh. stuff like that. which arms crossed and yeah. The, yeah. which is a great name for a tv show about yes these kinds of things. uh-huh absolutely but we're, they're basically laying out the groundwork because they're going to spend the night in this asylum and they're going to be locked in the asylum, which ends up being kind of important later in the movie. Yeah. it's. I mean, you would think as fake as they are that they, they would just claim to lock yeah. it and not actually do it. Because but, they're so fake that he pays a dude to pretend to see a ghost. Right. The gardener. Yeah. Yeah. But it's required for the movie. They could just say that it's locked somehow. Like, they don't need to say that they locked themselves in. I kind of wish that they hadn't done that. Well, I mean, it's it, it kind of proves to be pointless that they got locked in because when they finally break open the door, it just leads to more of the asylum. Which I so, fucking love. Yeah, there's some really great so cool. ideas here. It just, it's a bummer that ultimately a lot of this felt like House on Haunted Hill. Have you ever seen House on Haunted Hill? It's not the original Vincent Price version. Not the remake from 99? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, so this movie borrows heavily from that in that they are locked inside an asylum where there was this evil doctor who would perform horrible experiments on them. In and fact, there is a ghost. And they, yeah. they even stole one of the scariest scenes from House on oh, Haunted yeah. Hill. When you're looking for this through movie. a camera and the camera sees the operation going on and then the doctor looks straight at the camera, like that's straight out of House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, it is. It's one of the most effective shots. And then they used it here. But I felt like it wasn't it that the doctors were actually there, unlike in the House on a Hill where they were only on the yes. camera. Yes. So that was the the difference was that they were actually there and not just in the camera. And I felt like House on a Hill kind of did it better 
yeah. and that they were only on camera. Well, because you got to see it outside of the camera, so you could see that they weren't there. The pretense of this movie is that it is found footage. It's all the footage that they that never got out, which, again, they don't explain how it ever got out. Biggest so flaw. you only see what the camera sees. And I think because of that, you don't get to do fun things like the one that House on Haunted Hill did. One of the best parts of an otherwise not so great movie. One thing that you did skip is actually the very first shot is this dude explaining. Jerry Hartfield. Oh, yeah. The producer. Yeah. Explaining that this footage was found, but he does not explain how they got it. And that's the biggest flaw because, like Chris said, one of the greatest things that they came up with was turning the asylum kind of into this never-ending maze, which then begs the question... How did anyone get in at the end? How did we find this footage? Wh- what happened to these people? Right. And we don't ever get that answer. How come the people that found the footage didn't get trapped themselves? Mm-hmm. But we also get the the dollar store Chris Christofferson, Kenny, the caretaker guy, who he takes care of this place. He's in it all the time, even after dark and nothing happens to him. So is he also a ghost? Is that why he never shows up? Exactly. I was wondering that. I was wondering yeah. if he was going to end up being a ghost. I actually wrote down about the teenagers that go in and like graffiti the place. Yeah. And, like used for making out and whatever. Like nothing ever. They just like, see they, a ghost at one point and that's it. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they interviewed that random like teenage couple and they're just like, yeah, we used to make out. And like you're, you're like, hey, well. What you know? I love the implied. I love the implied storytelling where only the girl's face is blurred out, but the yeah. guy's isn't, and it's like, oh, that means that he signed off on it and she did not, and like that's a fun little implied story there. It is a fun implied story, but again, I would want to know that story. I want to know like we saw him convincing the gardener to lie. Why couldn't we see that conversation too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so that dude says that this has been edited strictly for time. Which yeah. I think Chris mentioned earlier. The chick who's supposed to be filming them? Sasha. Why does she have that job? She's terrible at it. Sasha and TC are constantly going back and yeah. forth and zooming in and out. Well, Sasha's the occult specialist. Yeah, but she also carries one of the cameras. TC is the guy who is explicitly the cinematographer. Well, mm. she's terrible at her job when she's filming this interview. And I know that they did that on purpose to make it seem real. But if this was real and this was really for a TV show, you wouldn't want it to look shitty like that. Yeah. Well, she records everything. And there's some footage that we get of her recording everything that isn't intended for the show. They do explicitly say that. But yeah, there's stuff that's intended for the show where the camera is just all over the place. It's rocking back and forth and it's looking. It can't keep anything in frame. And it's like, wasn't this meant for television? (laughs) But so the doctor explains that this was just a dumping ground with abysmal conditions um, and that there was a doctor, Arthur Friedkin, who did experimental brain surgery, tons of lobotomies. Why in the footage of the asylum was it pitch black while patients were walking around? Like, am I crazy? Yeah, no, you're not. And it was supposed to be all the stuff from the old asylum didn't look great. It didn't look like it was old timey. It just had one of those scratchy film filters on and that's it and yeah it was just the camera from the light from the camera was the only light source um also there's a tv at one point and tvs weren't invented yet but they weren't in households yet so well but they're they're i mean they're full-on using the story from 
house on Haunted Hill. They they even have it where the do- the patients killed the doctor. Yes. There so. is a, a patient revolt that leads to the murder of the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, that is the whole story of House on Hill. But, but in House on Haunted fun. Hill, you get one of the scariest moments that just is ingrained in my memory forever <sighs> of the sharpening of the pencils <sighs> and then the big grip of pencils stabbing thing. Like, that's such a great moment. But... I appreciated their unique spin. Their unique spin being that it was a documentary, and I thought that was... I thought they did it well done. I thought... Yeah. N- never at one point did I feel like, oh, they wouldn't be filming this. I felt it was very real in that way. Yeah. So they get to the doors, and it says, death awaits, which is never a good sign. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be important later, though. Yes. And they're talking to the caretaker who is telling them about all kinds of ghostly encounters that he has had. The window that he locks every night and then it's open by the next morning. I thought that was going to be a bigger thing than it was. And it didn't end up being a big thing at all and I was so disappointed. Well, it came up a couple times in the movie. Well, it came up specifically because Matt ends up being there and seeing it open and being freaked out by it. It also comes up because they're like, oh, we know that that's an exit. Yeah. We could jump out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, the first time I ever saw it, I thought someone was going to, like, nosedive out of that window. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But nope. No. Not at all. And like Jesse said, they do bring it up several times, but it never really drives the plot forward. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out that it's going to be pitch black in there because none of the no lights power, work. No power, Yeah. Um, where do they go to the bathroom that entire night? Yeah, you know what? I think that all the time with these ghost shows, like, where do they go to the bathroom? Like, they do, do they establish a pee corner? Yeah. <laughs> it took Jesse pointing it out the first time because she was like, see the way he does that. And, and then I started to notice it every time. So the first time was when they were looking at the window and he goes, paranormal hotspot. And, <laughs> and, and Jesse pointed that out to me and I was like, oh, that was pretty funny. And then they kept doing it throughout the movie, and it was hilarious. Yeah. There's some subtle humor that the movie's not like, laugh at this. But if you think that those shows are ridiculous, or you can at least see the humor in it, you'll find the humor in this, too. Yes. They say all the typical stuff. You know, it gets cold when there is a ghost. Uh, There was a girl who killed herself in a bathtub. You know, like a lot of very typical things. Um, But that's fine. I'm fine with that because if you were watching one of those shows, that's what they would be talking about. They interview a dude who says, like, shit or something, and he's like, oh, we gotta do that again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, can I I not cuss? You want me not to swear? That would be better. (laughs) Back in 93, yeah. The the state was going to try and do some renovations here, but eventually they shit-canned the idea. Oh, shit, sorry. You want me not to swear? Yeah, that'd be better. Anyway. He was a contractor. He was a foreman there, and one of his employees got shoved off a ladder by something we don't know and ended up quitting. That's why he's brought in to tell his story. Yeah, and they they talk about how they saw somebody wearing a full hospital white gown, and he goes, spectral vision. Yeah. <laughs> full spectral vision. Full spectral vision. <laughs> Full spectral apparition. And yeah, that's when he that's when we see him pay a dude to lie on camera. Oh, and that's whoever that actor is, brilliant. <laughs> or the direction is brilliant. He just he just says his lie and then just stares straight ahead. <laughs> and really then he scary. turns a little bit and looks right at the camera. And it's like it's very obvious that he's acting in this moment and he's not a good actor. It's yes. hilarious. 
I'm standing here with the resident gardener, Javier Ortega. Javier, have you ever noticed anything strange around the building? No, not really. What do you mean? Well, have you heard any weird noises or seen any ghostly activity? I just started working here. Just started working, that's great. TC, can you just cut for a second? Okay, how about you make something up for the camera? Pretend you saw something. Just, I gotta get God to work. Okay, okay, real quick. Wait, 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 wait. no, 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 just wait. Do we have any of the, the petty cash left? Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, Javier, uh, that's 20 bucks, Sam. I'm standing here with the resident gardener, Javier Ortega. Javier, have you ever seen anything strange in the past 10 years of working here? Yeah, I saw a ghost over here. It was a really scary. A ghost on the exterior of the building. Unbelievable. This is really a paranormal hotspot unlike anything we have ever shot at before. They bring in a psychic medium who, as soon as I saw him, I said out loud, oh, he's going to die. I was super disappointed with his death. Did he actually die? Like, I think he did, did but it but was like, unclear. He was tossed down a hallway. Yeah, uh -huh. to the ground. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's what I, I thought, like, well, the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, he got tossed, he's knocked out, but, like... He's going to come yeah. back, you know? like. So I, I actually have a note about that. I wrote down for that scene. I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but he gets strangled, lifted up off the ground and strangled by something that isn't there down at the end of the hallway. And we have one of these stationary cameras that's set up to see in the dark. Uh, and so it catches all this. And I thought, wow, that's really an effective bit. Like they did a really good job making that look authentic. It looked really good. And then there's like a flash of light and he gets thrown down the hallway faster than physically possible. And he just is... a is crumpled on the ground. I think it would have been much more effective if they just kept him hanging there and then he goes limp, stop struggling, and then he's dropped just to the falls. ground right yeah. where he is at the end of the hall. Would have been much better. Would have been way more yeah. effective. Yeah, because like Jesse said, after he falls, he gets up like he's fine and then they then throw he gets him. Tossed. And, and like a flash of light. It's, now yeah. he can't get up? Yeah. He could yeah. get up after being choked but can't get, get up after he's been thrown? Yeah. But he's really funny. I like him a lot. He does one of those things that, you know, psychic mediums do where they're all super intense. They'll be asked if they can feel something here. And then suddenly they do feel something here and everything's super intense. And then they cut and he's like, how was that? Was that good? It wasn't too much, was it? Like, you know, it's pretty funny. Blood. Blood. She died right in here. She, she slid her wrists in the bathtub. The caretaker said a girl killed herself right here. Houston, that's incredible. Her spirit is still with us. Cut it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Okay, was that too much? No. Come on. No. Guys. No, no, that was great. That sounded awesome. Did you guys think that he was just like an actor hired on to be? Well, he talked like, about how he had an audition and that oh, he couldn't yeah, get yeah, locked yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. And he very much is only an actor. <laughs> I didn't say earlier, but this is a real hospital. It's called the Riverview Hospital, but it's in Canada. It's in uh, British Columbia. It closed down like a decade ago or so. And there's been a bunch around the time that this was filmed. But it's been reopened as the Healing Spirit House. It's a facility for children with mental health issues. But they still keep wings of the hospital open to film. 
So I guess they make a lot of money that way by allowing people to film there. But it's been in a lot of things. It's in Watchmen. It's in The X-Files. It's in Deadpool 2, I want to say. It's in a ton of things. Little tidbit. At the end of the movie, we turned it off before it did this. It shows, like, coordinates at the end of the movie. Oh, does it? And it's the location of that hospital. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So they get locked in. They're going to be in there until 6 a.m. And I love the camera guy, TC's, response. What if I have to get something out of the van? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, why couldn't we fake that? And then have it lock we on its own? so many other things. Yeah. <laughs> we paid a guy. But yes, they do the excellent shot that Jesse was talking about. The closed in, everyone together. Welcome to Grave Encounters. It's so good. With the arms crossed. Uh-huh. It's they all have these serious looks. The yes. Camera. There's that sort of low angle camera yes. shot. Yeah. So they start walking around and they're videotaping everything. Is anyone here? Give us a sign. He takes out a camera and explains that he's going to take spirit photography. Uh-huh. That's a real thing. Which he does nothing with yes oh he shows that there are ghosts there was a handprint on the one picture well because he doesn't see them he doesn't see them it's not a digital camera i think we're seeing the cameras after they've the pictures after they've been developed oh i got yeah but i feel like they could have done more with that they could have done so much with it he's like we won't know if there was a ghost behind me until later. You know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. They're going to do something really neat with this. And they absolutely do not. They go into a room that has writing all over the walls. And there could have been a lot of cool stuff they did with that. And they yeah. didn't. I actually wrote down, did they actually, like, hire a guy to, like, write? Like, where they're like, okay, we need mindless scribbles on these walls. Like this the production designer job. for Seven who filled out every one of those notebooks. Yeah, every single page. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like probably, they, they yeah. I hired a guy to write uh-huh. all that stuff. And they didn't do they didn't even do like close-up shots of it. It didn't tell them anything. It wasn't anything interesting. It was just yeah. they didn't even really film in that room. Much. During the duration of the, like just yeah. just in the beginning, but they, they go back there go back once, back. I think, but it yeah, has nothing to do once, with the writing. But they don't do anything with yeah. it. Yeah. Then we get so like they get scared of rats and stuff like that. But we see on one of the cameras that's set up where the window is interference, and then the windows opened. Dun dun dun. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it. Happens. Well, Matt will come back to it and he'll see it and be freaked out. Yeah. So then TC is filming by himself. Yep. And he's got some really fun lines. What the fuck is Oh, this? yeah. He has great lines. <laughs> a door in a cell that he goes into, like, closes on him. Now, it has no handle, so it can't lock or anything, because like, that was my main concern. Like, what if he's locked in there and he that would really fucking suck? But instead, he just freaks out, but he gets it on camera and he calls everyone in and they're like, are you sure it wasn't this? Are you sure you're just not seeing things? He ends up showing it to him, to them on the camera and everyone's like, holy shit, you actually caught that on camera? I accept your I accept apologies. your apologies. <laughs> Which is really great. And then uh, Lance has this line. Is there someone here with us? Please make a noise. Tap on something. Feel free to slam the door like you did on TC just moments ago. Feel free to slam it as hard as you like. So go ahead. Slam it. 
Right now, please give us a sign. Spirit, I invoke you to make an appearance. Take our. If there is anyone here, would you please give us a sign? And then it does close. It, it gives them a noise, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And they find the wheels on a gurney turning. And they're all freaking out. And that's when the chick finally says, what if this is real? And everybody's kind of like, uh, we don't want it to be real. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings my point. When I was watching, we were watching, I said, all these ghost hunters go to these places hoping that this stuff will happen, but then if it actually does happen, they don't want to be there. Right. So what's yes. the point of the whole I was whole thinking the exact same thing. That's how fake they are, but they should have leaned heavier into that. Like, I didn't think any of this stuff was actually real. Like, none of that happens. Well, the thing is, is that I think the main guy kind of does want it to be real. Yeah. He's but kind he of the last one to, he's kind of the last one to lose his mind, which is why he's the last one to survive. But he has this moment where it's really subtle, and I'll talk about it when we get to it. He just has a motion to cut. And he does that at the end of the scene, like, okay, well, we have enough footage. I've done my little line. It's great for the show. Cut, you know, whatever. But this is a moment where he has the cameras on all the time, but he he starts to feel really shitty and he starts to feel really freaked out and he decides to cut the camera even though this could be good stuff. But they don't, that's the only little bit of that that we get. I'll talk about it when we get to that moment so I can point it out what moment that was. But I wanted more development from him as a character. He, all of his development happens at the very end. <laughs> When she asks what if this is real is when her hair gets pulled up. Yep. That was really well done. And it's so funny, too, because you can tell by the way it went up, like, that they just had a string attached to it, but it didn't care. It was super effective because you weren't expecting it. It was good in It Follows later, which came out later. It looked a lot better in It Follows. But I think that that... I think that was the strongest part of this movie is how it did a lot of things you weren't expecting it to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, the bathtub scene. When we get to the bathtub. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They could have done that in a way that would have been so fucking impressive. But Agreed. did not. Agreed. <laughs> and it's great because when after that happens, he yells out, Manipulate my hair. <laughs> yes, he keeps asking for it. Do it to me. <laughs> Feel free to slam the door anytime. If you're still with us, uh, give us a sign. Make a noise or g- manipulate my hair. And so TC is like, look, maybe they're just fucking with us. Maybe that's all they do. Or maybe that's what the the... Fake psychic says. Uh-huh, yeah, I love that he keeps trying to like give them like tips, and they're just like, "You're Shut a fucking up. actor." Yeah, <laughs> Houston. <laughs> yes, his name is Houston. <laughs> they actually say, "Houston, there's a problem" or something like that at one point in this movie. <laughs> but so they get really close. It's like five a.m. And they're like, "You know what? We'll just wait it out." Matt has gone missing at this point. Matt was sent to go and get all the cameras. Yeah. 
and he doesn't come back. We have an effective moment with him again when he finds the the, the open window, window yeah. and then he slowly just walks off camera. That's super effective. And I'm not even mad that I didn't find out what happened to him because everything that they did with Matt, I thought was very effective. Yeah, Matt was yeah. pretty cool. I liked him and we didn't get enough of him. Yeah, I feel like they didn't need to explain what happened because like, I mean, at the end of the movie, you see what happens to Lance and you assume that Matt kind of had the same fate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But he didn't have anything like physically done to him. Like there was not like there was no like thing to show that he had a lobotomy. Really? I was thinking he might have had a lobotomy because. Well, they go through the nose. Yeah. yeah. Or the eye. Scramble up in there. Yeah. Or through the eye right here. I thought it was they had a chisel. They can. That's that. That's how they do. That's how they did it way back then, way back when. Yeah, yeah no, they but maybe in the thirties, socket or your nose. But yeah, maybe in the thirties, that's how it was, and it would have been really cool if if they if we actually got to see that. But now, hmm, yeah, because he like went like all types of crazy. Yes, so he like did. something clearly happened to him, and I thought, and I wrote down, I thought he had a lobotomy, but yeah. that was just well. I think almost certainly there's a lobotomy at the end of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah for without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's almost 5 a.m. They're figuring we'll just wait yeah. until uh, the dude comes in an hour. Yeah. Time is passing, but he's not there. He just keeps not showing up. Like, it, okay, it's 6 a.m., uh-huh. he's not here. So It's like 8 o'clock, and there's nobody there. Yeah. So they start to get really worried about Matt, so they go and look for him. They find his stuff strewn all across the floor, uh, and this is when they make the stupid decision to... Split up! White guy move! <laughs> it really is. It is a white guy move. And the chick says, like, why would we split up? This is the stupidest thing <laughs> And I love when TC is looking for Matt, and he's like, you better be dead or dying. And I was like, oh, he is. Oh, he is. Yeah, uh-huh. And then he gets pushed down the stairs, but we don't see what pushed him or why. Well, in the same way that that worker got pushed off the ladder, there wasn't anything. It was just a force shoving him down. Yes. But so now it's been an hour. They can't find Matt, so they- Oh, they finally break down the door leading to outside, and it just goes to another longer hall. Another longer hall. But they turn around and they see that it is, in fact- the doorway that let them in. They they because at first they're like, did we just get turned around? Was yeah. this not the door that we came in? And then yeah, they they close the door behind them and they see it has written on it, death, death awaits. Yeah. Not good. Not, not good. good. Not good. So the fact that this place is shifting on them, that's a really cool concept, and I wish they did more with that visually. They just kind of talk about how it's that way, and we just get them running down some bland corridors, and it's kind of difficult to tell if it's the same one or not, but not in an interesting way. Like, I wanted to see something on camera that would be impossible. But I didn't get that. I just love how they sent Matt out with walkie-talkies that effectively don't work. Yeah, Yeah, after they knew they didn't work. After they knew they didn't work. Yeah, they talk about how they don't work. Yeah, Yeah. I wrote it down, too. And Matt even said, he's like, can someone come with me? No, we need everybody right here. No, you don't. Why Why do you need four people in Mm -hmm. that room? It's a complete contrivance, yes. Yeah, and he's like, it'll make it take half the time if you send somebody (laughs) with me, but no. Okay, so they realize that, like, all this time is passing. It's supposed to be like one o'clock and there's still no light. And everyone is taking a nap. Oh, it's they take a nap a little after eight and they wake up and it's like 
one something, or they ended up sleeping for hours. Either way, while they're sleeping, their one giant light that they had gets broken, so that sucks. Uh-huh. So they blame Houston, who had nothing to do with it. Yep. <laughs> they don't have any food, because their food is now... Rotten. For no reason. Yep. But they do have water, and they're trying to figure out what what should we do. And the main dude, Lance, is like, well, let's use the tunnels downstairs, because there's tunnels underneath this place. Yeah. And TC is like, what are we going to do if our flashlights burn out? We're going to just be lost down there. Mm-hmm. So they don't do that. Instead, they have the idea to go up to the roof to get to the fire escape. But what happens when they try to get to the roof? The roof is sealed off. Yes. Yeah. I would have appreciated a couple more laps. Like it f- would feel like it went on forever to them because the place is only like four stories tall. If they ended up walking up like eight stories and then it was just a flat wall, that would have been really interesting. But we just get the flat wall. I thought it was fine. I thought it was mm. all effective. Them opening up the door to find the other hallway, uh-huh. them running up the stairs to find the wall. I thought it was effective. I'm just I'm just saying I'm thinking of ways that it could have been better. Some more things happen. They find Hello carved in her back, and that goes nowhere. That was the moment where Lance is like, cut it. Normally the Lance that we know we would have film everything. wouldn't wanted to film every everything is content. But the camera TC kind of looks over at Lance and Lance is like like this, because he knows she's uncomfortable. This is really intense, you know. Not good. Just stop filming. Immediately after that, somebody runs by. Who they think is Matt. Yes. But it has long hair. Yeah. Yeah. Which I said, I was like, that person had long hair. Uh Uh-huh. And she ends up being a patient. And I would have been fine if she had just been like a wacko patient or something. But instead she has the face. She turns around and she is very obviously a model slash actress. (laughs) (laughs) Not some... Crazy lady. Crazy patient who had been there for decades or whatever. And then they do that weird face thing. And I'm like, oh, bad makeup, bad CG. By the way, why does every patient have like these really dark bags? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, it's just they got this makeup of this. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, because all crazy people can't sleep, Jess. Apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you know? We should be afraid of crazy people. This was an opportunity to make us really scared of the doctor instead of the crazy people themselves. Yeah. And they, they didn't could take have that. used the doctor more. Yeah. Right. Like, that's one thing I didn't understand is why they made some of the patients be evil. Right. And they were the ones, they were the victims. Right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, because I, they wanted revenge, maybe? I mean, I think it's just because the movie needed more scare factor. And it didn't mind, you know, demonizing mental patients. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a problem with a lot of horror movies. A lot of horror movies do not care. Making people with mental challenges seem terrifying. Mm-hmm. This is when the psychic gets separated and his stupid death. And I was like, that was just super well, disappointing. there is a cool moment where, you know, we're seeing it from a camera that's been pre-mounted. He doesn't even know is there. And it has night vision on. He can't I, see I a thing. I did enjoy him wandering around yeah. in the dark. He's yeah. feeling the walls and he feels, okay, there's a corner here. And it seems like he's really actually terrified. And then he gets strangled, which again, looks really good. And then he gets thrown across the room, which looks really bad. The rest of the group wakes up and they have hospital tags on their wrists, which this, I thought was cool. This is the moment where Sasha calls TC a fucking asshole, and he says he didn't mean to. And the nearest I can guess what that's about 
maybe we didn't have the captions on this time. Maybe what it was was that he was supposed to stay awake and he didn't. And then they all wake up and they have these wristbands on. But the first time something happened, when she had all the scratches on her back, they're like, we had somebody staying up. She just woke up with that on her back. There's no way somebody could have come in and done that without us seeing. So, like, why is it all of a sudden now important that somebody had to fall asleep for them to get the wrist tags? Fuck! Okay, we woke up and we had these on our wrists. You gotta see this. Fuck you! The fuck? Why did you fucking fall asleep, you fucking asshole? I didn't fucking mean to, okay? You fucking I didn't fucking mean to. You made this happen, you asshole. And I do want to say that I do appreciate that they wrote hello on her back because she is the one who reached out to the ghosts earlier. She's the one that She said, does all the EVP stuff. Yeah. If you're there, say something, give us a sign or yeah. whatever. She mm-hmm. did all that. So I get why they put the hello on the back. But again, it didn't lead anywhere. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened with the psychic here. Like, as soon as I saw the psychic, I was like, oh, he's going to piss off some spirits. He's going to act like he knows what he's doing. And he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's going to piss off some spirits and they're going to do some back fucked up shit to him. And they didn't. And I, I felt... And I agree with you guys. I think it would have been so much better if they had just strangled him in midair, which looked really scary and cool, and then dropped him. But they didn't. Yeah. But so, yeah, so now they have hospital tags, and they find Matt. Yeah. And I, at first, was frustrated, because I couldn't understand what he was saying, and I was like, he's telling me things, and I can't hear. It's his diagnosis. But yeah, so, like, then we find out that he's been being seen by the doctor and has been having probably horrible things done to him. And the fact that, like, they didn't even show me or tell me, you would think that would upset me. It didn't. What does upset me is they didn't really introduce the doctor at all by this point. We know practically nothing about this doctor other than, other than if you remember from the very beginning, the fact that he was killed and that he obviously ran a shitty hospital. But they don't talk about him at all. They don't reference him at all. And so at this point, I'm like, wait a minute. Are they trying to tell us that this haunted hospital diagnosed Matt? No. What they're trying to tell us is that the doctor did. But the doctor has been a non-entity up to this point. See, I kind of think that makes it a little scarier because, like, just that unknown factor. Mm -hmm. Like, the more you know about a character sometimes makes them less scary. Sure. And in this case, I felt that less was more and I didn't want to know about this guy because they give a big reveal at the end. But without any information about him, I'm left to just go, okay, we have a haunted hospital. So the haunted hospital told him that he's not well and he can't leave. See, I, I connected that they were talking about the doctor. Okay. So, okay, uh, that, then I good. Connect, okay, I good. connected it to the doctor and Jesse connected it to the doctor. I'm the odd man out. But probably, but probably Jesse connected it because she's seen it. Uh-huh. I probably connected it because I immediately, as soon as this movie started and we got the background of the thing, I was thinking House on Hill. Well, so, so was I as soon as they were like, there was the the revolt of the patients. So yeah. there was no question in my mind that it was the doctor. Uh-huh. But I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing that you're relying on my understanding of another movie to get that. Yeah. But see, I haven't seen that movie, and I made But that you've connection. seen this one. But you've seen right, this before. but I, I, the first time I saw it, I made that connection. Okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's just bad luck on my part. Maybe you're just wrong. I know. That's what, I, that, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's just bad luck that I'm one of the people that got it wrong. But I, I really liked him. I liked his performance. I thought he was scary. I thought he was creepy. He was laughing at all kinds of fucked up shit. It was great. 
That's why I kind of thought that he had a lobotomy because, like, he was kind of, you know, together. Like, through the whole, like, they didn't really, yeah. like, center a whole lot around him, but he seemed pretty together. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, he just goes cocoa bananas. Yes. Like, he's laughing at stuff. He's muttering. He's, like, twiddling his fingers a little bit. Like, he's visually uncomfortable. So, obviously, something was done to him, and that's where my brain went to, oh, he had a lobotomy. Yeah. I just had the understanding that it was here. And we You'd need a hole in your head for that. Something. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a medical person. <laughs> I said that earlier today. Well, we've seen that. <laughs> we've seen that in, what movie was that? Where they were describing that's how they did a lobotomy. Just like, just a quick tap here and everything's fine or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that say was that. that in, was that in Wolfman? There was one um, sucker punch that talked about it. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot. But of I mean, movies. yeah, I, I mean, when I think of lobotomies and and mental hospitals, every single time I think of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. But that's that's they not don't show a, you. I, yeah, they don't drill a hole. I think that goes through the nostril or through the eye. I well, they don't. Which they don't show you. They just show you he, the after. Effects. I know, but he comes back and he doesn't have a hole in his head. Is what I'm saying. It's a point. It's but a point. anyway. <laughs> The comedy is long gone by this point, by the way. Yeah, this is, unfortunately, after they find Matt, this is what I'm saying, like, the the pace had already slowed down, and then the pace really slows down here. And we get a bunch Matt. of kind of repetitive moments where they just, they walk into a new place, they get scared by a noise, they run to another place. Mm-hmm. Then they walk into a new place, they see something, they get scared, and they walk to another place. And it's just like a lot of that over and over again. Sasha seems to be getting sick, but that doesn't matter because we're just going to see her disappear. She just disappears. (laughs) I feel like that's happened before in another movie where they fall asleep together. One person wakes up and that person's gone and they're just gone for the rest of the movie. I feel like that was something recently, too. The Langoliers? (laughs) No, no. That's what I wrote down with the people, with the crew members that are disappearing. Where are they going? Because, like, you know, like... What, what's his name? T, TC? TJ? TC, the cameraman? TC. Yeah. Uh-huh. He disappears into a bathtub. Oh, God. Okay, well, we'll talk about that just after this. I but and he's that. just gone. Uh-huh. And then Sasha disappears into a mist, and she's just gone. Like, they're not dead. They're just gone. Like, right. Matt Take dies. Take into the ghost yeah. dimension. Like, <laughs> I mean... Matt and Houston die. We see them die on camera. They are dead. But these two... Just disappear. Like, yeah, where do they go? There's a moment later being where... being taken care of by the doctor. Well, this is what I'm saying. Where, where Lance finds the doctor and there's that operating table moment. What if it was made very clear to us that one of the people on the operating table was one of the people that disappeared? Well, let's talk about that. At some point, at some point, Lance walks into a room. Yes. And there are pictures of... What I thought were his friends being tortured. Am I was wrong? It I don't think exactly. it was. I don't, think I don't it was know. Them. I think it was, but I don't know. See, I Chris I, says I, no. I just thought that they were old patients. Right. That's what or, I thought. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I thought they were trying to communicate that that was his friends. I couldn't tell. And they, they found that. Well, we'll get there to the book and all of that. But th- let's talk about the bath because we might have skipped that. I think we skipped it. So there was a bath that a woman committed suicide in and. The they shining. keep going back to the bath. Like, it just keeps going back to the Several bath. Several times. Yes. In fact, in fact, there's a part where they're questioning, is this the same tub or is this a different tub? Yeah. <laughs> yes. However, there was a part, and Chris made an observation, that at one point the tub was, like, 
sparkling clean. When Lance gets in it and he hides in there at one point because there was like some noise or something, he crawls into the tub and it's just like a brand new bathtub. It's not stained with all the red and everything like it was before. But there's this moment. Matt is walking up to the tub, but it's full, like to the brim with blood. And Matt's going up to it and and Sasha's like, oh, no, stop him. We don't want him to, you know, do anything stupid. And so TC comes up to him, hands burst out of the water, grab TC and pull him into the bathtub under the water. Got me. Well, it was, yeah, you did scream. <laughs> it was a woman. Yes. So we assume it was the woman that committed. Assume so. And that's yeah. really cool. But Sasha drops the camera Sets it down, it's staring at a wall, and then all of a sudden, they're shouting, there's a thud, and then there's blood that kind of splashes into the camera's view, and then they pick it up, and the tub is on its side, all the blood has been spilled out, and they're like, he's gone. <laughs> How much cooler would that have been if that was all on camera? If hands come out, pull him in, Tub gets tipped over after everyone's freaking out. You can even have somebody run in front of the camera to hide a cut. I don't care. I just want it all on camera. And then tip the tub over. All the blood comes rushing out and there's nobody inside. And it looks like it's all one moment. That would have been really fucking cool. But instead, the camera's facing towards a wall the entire time. <laughs> it's a little bit of a bummer. It's just, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not that these are things that make me upset or think that the movie's bad it's just i keep coming across these moments where like oh man it would have been better if uh it would have been better if maybe it's the budget maybe they just didn't have the budget to make the graphics happen but i think you don't even need graphics just ha everyone's freaking out have the camera look away for a second have somebody run in front of a camera there are easy ways that you know hitchcock was hiding cuts in rope similar ways you know half a century ago like why can't they do that with all the digital effects that we have for free. You know? Eh. But so, yeah. So then it's Lance is left alone and he, we watch him go insane. And I did not think that any of that part was necessary. I, Where he kills a rat. Yeah. By the way, there's a moment well, in the credits that says <laughs> no rats were eaten during the making of this film. <laughs> just we had to eat. <laughs> days at this point. Oh, no, I totally understand. There's a cut there where they change between a real rat and a fake rat in the in camera. Oh, that was a real rat? Well, it was a real rat that was scurrying around and then he hit it and that was the moment that it Looked was... super fake it, when he killed yeah. the rat. Well, yeah, after he killed it, it was like a smashed dead rat that they probably did a lot of takes with or whatever. Not a real one. But the point is, is that that was all... Like, it was one shot as far as the movie was concerned. And they hid that cut. Why can't they hide the cut with the bathtub? Anyway. But just this long, prolonged part of him losing his mind. Like, I I felt like the movie was trying to communicate that. And he does say, he says it's kind of like a game. How far can you go? Or how long can you go? And I understood that. And I got that it was supposed to be that, like, how long can each person last? Right? And you can only last so long. Which doesn't really work when you consider the fact that the psychic wasn't wasn't burned down uh, psychologically. He was simply thrown. Yeah. So <laughs> He was just murdered. But, yeah. like, everybody else, it's supposed to be that they are slowly losing their mind. There's that internal consistency that's not really there. Yeah. And then we have to watch him lose his mind. 
And I'm like, this wasn't earned because everyone else, I mean, Matt's losing of his mind was immediate. Something happened off screen. He immediately changed. I but, guess. But there's the time dilation face, thing that happens. Time is fucked up for them. So we don't know how long Matt perceived himself to be under the care, care of the hospital the and the and doctor. And he made it seem like it had been a long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm fine with all that. I, but what I'm saying is, is that. Then we have to watch this guy take a long, prolonged drop into madness, which we hadn't seen with anyone else. But notice, though, everyone else was directly touched by ghosts. Everyone else had a moment with the ghosts. Lance was begging for it, and it never happened. He successfully evaded all of that. So I even when all the hands were coming from the ceiling, we didn't didn't even talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Really cheesy effect. Well, it's that's also taken out of repulsion. Um, with the hands grabbing at you. But, it I mean, whatever. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I thought it was cool when all the hands came out after mm. them. <laughs> Can we talk about their weird battery life on their equipment? <laughs> they have cameras that last for days. Days. Actively filming with no external power source. <laughs> I wrote down, they use their power stupidly. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Well, I is- was expecting, at the end of the movie, I was expecting the dude Kenny to show up at 6 a.m. and to find everyone just yes, dead. Yes, that would have be been like, so cool. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. But they didn't do that, no. so we have no concept of how long they were actually in there. Yep. Like, how neat would it be if they were actually there just overnight? One night. Kenny did show up at 6, but they had, you know... Hours, Four and days hours, and hours of, footage. of footage. I thought that's how where cool they were going, would that be? And I thought that would have been really cool, but they didn't do it. Yep. Now it's a little bit of a bummer. But like my laptop, this laptop I'm on right now, if I unplug this, it'll last for an hour and a half, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could close it. A good laptop gets what, six hours of battery yes. life? Uh huh. Yeah. Meanwhile, their flashlight, which only has to supply a light and has a heavy duty battery, like it's an industrial flashlight dies before his camera, which has a similar light and is recording almost nonstop. (laughs) So there's no logic there, but it's fine. They fudged it, whatever. Just accept it. That's fine. But yeah, he ends up obviously, I think, getting a lobotomy. He stumbles across the doctor's office. We said all that stuff. He finds a book with runes in it. I think they're just Viking runes, like old Norse runes. I thought it was like, satanic or something i think it's supposed to look that way but i think actually it is just norse runes and you can translate it straight into english it's some poem or something like that it's some long like uh piece of satirical poetry or something like that Mm (laughs) now but there's that and then it cuts to him and he's recording himself still but his eyes are like jiggling and moving from side to side and he's like oh they finally say that i'm better now and i can finally leave and he has blood trickling down from his eye and then that's the end of the movie. We don't know what so, being able okay, to leave So, okay, so when you tell me that you can do a lobotomy through the eye and there was blood trickling down the eye, that makes sense now. Yeah, but that doesn't always happen when you do a lobotomy, though. A lot of times you don't bleed when you have a lobotomy. But it's an indicator, I guess, and that, so that's fine to me. I mean, maybe that's supposed to be the payoff for what happened to Matt. Like, they didn't show that and yeah. like oh they did it to Lance obviously they did it to Matt mm-hmm. was his hair longer when he came back I have no I idea. feel like he had shorter hair in the beginning I might just be making that up though I have no idea but that's the end of the movie just ends on the fact that did Lance get a lobotomy <laughs> and he says I'm finally allowed to leave 
but we don't know what that means. Actually, it goes into it in the second part. Does it? Oh. It does. Oh. oh. We're going to have to watch Grave Encounters 2. Yes. Which is not as good of a movie, but um, <laughs> it, it takes a different direction. And yeah. there's some... But the fact that it goes into his story, it makes me super curious. Yeah. yeah it, I would watch that it, just it, to find out. It goes into what happens to him being in this hospital. Like, what happened? And I think that it's amazing... That a movie that is as flawed as this is, it left me, I would like to know. I will watch your second movie just to find out what happened. Mm -hmm. That's impressive to me. So, what do you guys think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? 35. I mean, I guess it's not very high, but maybe a little bit higher. I mean, I guess like 48. 67. No way. But there's only 15 reviews, so there's no consensus statement. Certifiably fresh. It has a Metacritic of 33, though. So I think... What's going on here? So the Metacritic is an average rating. The Rotten Tomatoes is the percentage of overall positive reviews. So two-thirds of the reviews are generally positive, but the average rating is really low. So maybe it's the people that didn't like it hated it, and the people that did like it were like, it was okay. I'm thinking maybe that's what's going on there. There's no cinema score. Do you think that 67... Is overrated or underrated? I think it's about right. I was going to say 70%. Okay. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty close. Maybe just slightly underrated. I will give it... I will also give it a 70, which seems strange to me because I'm giving the same to both. And I would feel like Grave Encounters, maybe I would would be more quick to rewatch than Event Horizon. However, the thing about Event Horizon... The reason I think that it's still at the 70 is because I think I will. It's funny because both movies stole from other movies. Yes. Heavily. But Event Horizon was trying to be like, we're going to be like all those movies, but like, I'm going to be like Hellraiser, but in space. I'm going to be like Alien, but with hell. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was a twist on it. The Shining, but with a spaceship. But with a spaceship instead of a house. Yes. Or a hotel. Yes. And I, I think... I appreciated Event Horizon's homages more. I agree. Than I appreciated Grave Encounters. So maybe that's why they're level for me. Grave Encounters felt more like wholesale theft. Yeah. Than Event Horizon did. It didn't feel like an homage. It felt like, no, we're just going to take that. Uh (laughs) I actually, I was going to give this a 68. Which doesn't often happen that I rate lower than Kelsey does. But um, I didn't like this as much as Event Horizon. But I did like it. I think it's a solid film, yeah. which I was surprised by. Um, when I was when you told me what it was going to be about, I was like, it's probably going to be super flimsy, but it wasn't. Well, I mean, there's definitely a uh, formula for these found footage movies. Yes. And I feel like this kind of went outside that formula a, a little, little bit. bit yeah. A little bit. With the humor, I feel like it brought a different dimension that of watchability to the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first, like, 40 minutes are great. Like, you're laughing and having a great time. Yeah. But and- again, it's that same problem that keeps happening with these horror comedies is they just forget to be funny for, like, the second half of the movie. Yeah. I really wish they would have kept the comedy up. I understood why they took out the comedy. Yes. They were they were making it feel, no, this is real. You yeah. know, like, the it's comedy was now. there. It's serious now. You can't joke about this anymore. Exactly. But the problem is, is that 
I was really enjoying that. Yes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, like, when they're trapped in that closet and they wake up with those bracelets, medical bracelets, that they'd be like, another encounter from Great Encounter. <laughs> right, right, right. That kind of comedy went away, but yeah. since that was... That was what all of their comedy was built on. There was nothing left there to be funny. But when you have people in desperate situations, especially somebody like TC, who's like very vocal about it and constantly like calling people a fucker and shit like that, like get me the fuck out of here and all of this stuff. Like there are opportunities to be funny in the conflict there outside of the original comedy that you started with by making fun of the ghosty bros. You know what I mean? Like they could have just pivoted a little bit now that we're in a real situation make their clashes Here their interpersonal clashes yes <laughs> it would have been great if we could have had some of that and there are some really really good horror comedies that we have watched on this show that do not forget to be funny for the entire length of the movie and it's just this weird trend of the past two or three that we've watched that are like that oh well anybody anything else to say about grave encounters i'm glad that you had us watch it Good. I'm I'm really I actually enjoyed this week. I thought I was not going to and I yeah. really did, so thank you. You're very yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining us, Jess. Thank you for having me again. Looking forward to the next time. Yes. Yeah. I wonder what we're gonna watch. We watched I was gonna bring up the Houses October built and I didn't, and we watched that with you, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Did you watch the second part? We did, but not on the show. I watched it. You were walking in and out because that was when I was kind of working last year <laughs> when the pandemic hit. Um, so I was watching it. You were walking in and out while you were working. So I feel like I watched the whole thing. It's pretty bad. This is a spoiler warning for the Houses October Built Part 2. If you want to avoid spoilers, skip ahead to 225.32 now. The ending was something that Just was stupid. It was brave. I live tweeted it. It was brave, but I wasn't the biggest fan. They they took I a liked, big risk with that ending. I liked that she got back at them, but I didn't think that was enough to warrant the whole movie. Oh, totally. Yes, oh, I agree. Oh, for sure. And that was my thought, too. My initial thought was, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and Algus had to explain it to me, and I was just like, oh. And I was like, I just don't think it warranted a movie exactly what you... Yeah. Like, this, the second movie not only revealed that, I'm going to have to put a spoiler warning in before this point, <laughs> but the second movie not only revealed that the first one was all bullshit, and it was all just a joke, and it really was all fake, it also then said, but this one's real, and then at the end said, no, it wasn't real either. <laughs> like, that, that's all in that one movie, and so it's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> but they did bring back that porcelain chick. Yes, yeah. they did. Mm -hmm. And you don't know why. Yeah, you don't know why. You don't Everyone understand why. It's like, <laughs> like, oh shit, she's gonna kill someone this time. And no, it's just know. because they put her on a poster, so you got to put her in the movie. She was now. the scariest part yep. of the first one, so we got to put her in the second one. The scariest part were the people that were like real people. Like the scariest parts yeah. were the yeah the Hicks that the, were like way into it, and you're like, oh god. People that were trying to start fights dressed like a clown. When the, you're walking through it and you don't oh. know if that's really torture or not that when you're those, walking when by. Those, when those guys walk in on her in the bathroom in the first movie, and it's like, oh man, like that's the really scary stuff in that movie. Anyway, if you want to listen to the other episode that we had Jesse on. This is Jesse 1 because you were the first Jesse on the show. Boom. That is the Houses October built. So if you <laughs> look for that on our website, you can find the episode there. What are we watching next week, Kelsey? 
Next week, we are continuing our romp into sequel land. We are finishing... <laughs> we are finishing the Blair Witch Project series. We so we're watching watch both like Book one. of Shadows... Book of Shadows, which is the second one. And Blair Witch. Blair Witch, which, which is, is the third one. Have you guys seen it before? Sequel. We've seen both of them before. Okay. Yes. I, I have not seen Book of Shadows since it came out, which was like when we were in high oh, school. It was disappointing. <laughs> no, it is it is terrible. <laughs> and yes, I'm excited to watch it just because of how awful it is. Here's the thing though. This guy, who has two thumbs and actually kind of liked Blair Witch. I kind of liked Blair Witch. This guy. I, you know. The third one. I was just so, it was one of those things that, like, you're just so stoked to go into it because you heard so many things, and I feel like it just didn't live up to the expectation. Oh, but when they go back into that house. I don't remember a lot of it, and I'd like to keep it that way. I want it to be a surprise. I just felt like I had so much built up, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how we feel watching it again, because it's been a long time. I think since I've seen Book of Shadows. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Book of Shadows since it came out. And I think we only saw Blair Witch right when it came out. Yeah. So it's been a while. I saw Book of Shadows. No, I think I feel like we saw it maybe like eight years ago or something like that. What? Book of Shadows? Book of Shadows, yeah. I or I saw it That movie you. shouldn't even be part of the trilogy because it's just filmed in a totally different style. It's but it is. <laughs> It really shouldn't be. I gotta say, the they kind of retconned it I, out afterwards. The main thing I remember is the chick dressed up as a goth, and I remember thinking, I want to dress like that. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about that in our first Blair Witch episode, actually. I love how they kind of omitted it in a way, like, ah, oh, this shouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, like, they, they went from Blair Witch Project to Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows to Blair Witch. Not Blair Witch 3. Yeah, just Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Like, they just were just saying, eh, forget that last movie. Well, movies and video games, whenever they're like, let's update this for a new generation, they just take all the articles off the front of of the title. So no thes, no a's, no none of that. They just condense it down. Like, it's not the rings, it's rings. rings. Oh, it's not the Blair Witch Project, it's just Blair, Blair Witch. Witch. Like, they do that a lot. At Halloween, there was nothing to tear down, so it's just Halloween again. <laughs> But no numbers, no subtitles, keep it clean, keep it simple. That's what we call a soft reboot, where they're not, act- it's actually a sequel, but they're like recreating it for a new generation. Just pretend like the last one didn't happen. It's exactly. Kinda, it's yeah. kind of like when you like see a brand and they're like, we're going to have a spinoff brand, but we're not going to really name it anything, like yeah. a hotel, and they just call it the hotel. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, you're just like, all right, like. <laughs> I don't know what the theme is here other than hotel theme. <laughs> the. The, it's the hotel. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the theme. Yeah. Anyway, that is next week. We're watching Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, and just plain old Blair Witch, which mm-hmm. is the third movie in the franchise. We're wrapping up that franchise. We're getting through some franchises, Kelsey. Yes. Until then, you can always find us at our website, podcemetery.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod Cemetery, where we post a lot of extra stuff that obviously doesn't play in an audio form or any corrections or anything goes there. So make sure you're following us there. Subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice. Also rate and review a five star written review is the biggest help you can give us there. Bigger than that is sharing us with your friends. And even bigger than that is listening in the GD first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. 
And thank you to Jesse for joining us anytime, today. Anytime, guys. Really, anytime. really appreciate it. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. This is Jesse. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Jesse, any last words? I'm coming, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I don't To the sacred place To see a dream I can't escape Smoldings and fangs to the picking up bones Spirits moaning among the tombstones It's really cool that they're playing that music so loud. <laughs> Is it the little Sebastian place that's the name of Yeah, uh-huh. At this kid's party, they got this banging music. Banging. Banging. Like it's a club or something. We need to get a soundproof room. Whenever we get a house, Kels, put that on the list. Sure. That They won't think that that's weird at all. Nope. Why would that be weird? My dad has a soundproof room in his house. All the better for the serial killing, right? <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, my dad seriously has a soundproof room in his house. Like, it, it's a movie room, but it was yeah, for, like, uh-huh. when he was, like, up late watching TV and stuff so it wouldn't wake everybody up. So I told you. Yep. And find <laughs> out your dad's a serial killer. <laughs> he never answered that question. <laughs> Have you ever seen Thank, Thank You for, you smoking? for smoking? No, I haven't. Oh, it's really funny. You should see it. <laughs> Do they talk about smoking in space? Yes. <laughs> yes. He's trying to figure out, he's trying to make smoking cool again because everybody knows it's terrible for you. So he's trying to make it cool. And so he goes to this big producer in Hollywood and he asks him, how can we get people smoking again? Like, I need to make it cool. And he goes, well, you know, the final frontier, space. And he says- We have a, we have a space movie in production right now or whatever, yeah. And he says, but wouldn't that be bad in an all-oxygen environment? And he goes, no, we'll just make a line. No. Thank God we invented the thing. <laughs> uh, they're all walking around the ship. Uh, Florence Fishburne like, has a hand I'm sorry, brush. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Did you say Florence Fishburne? I said Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said Florence Fishburne. Have you ever seen Idle Hands? Nope. Oh, it's so funny. You know what? Might have might have seen it a long time ago. It's really funny. It's Devin Sawa and his hand becomes possessed by a demon. Ha! Ah. It's hilarious. Do you remember Devin Sawa? Oh yeah. He was in Casper. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what I said. We should cover that one next time, guys. Casper. <laughs> I mean, that was a terrifying movie when you were like six. <laughs> that would not be a good life. I wrote that down and we'll get to it. <laughs> what do we exhale? Carbon dioxide. I have no intention of leaving her, Doctor. I will take the Lewis and Clark to a safe distance, and then I'm going to launch TAC missiles at the event horizon until I'm satisfied she's vaporized. Fuck this ship. Jurassic Park is the only thing anyone knows Sam Neill from. Wow. (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't know of anything else. 
What am I thinking? And good for him. He's in one of the most famous movies of all time. He was in The Hunt for Red October. Does anyone care? Wow. <laughs> At one point he says, God help us, which reminded me of God help us all. Is Which is a thing that lots of people say under lots, lots of circumstances. Yeah, but what does it make you think of? It makes you think of Watchmen. No. that fuck was the best that was so good (laughs) so sam neil confronts i can't look at my notes while she's called click this uh well hit it's a casserole, Sheila. It'll stay. What? That's what you guys just reminded me. <laughs> if, if, you, if you hit the button on the right, it silences it, right? Oh yeah. You hit it again, it'll turn off your screen. Oh. What is that from? <laughs> What's his face? Uh, um, ben Stiller's dad who plays his agent. Uh-huh. I was just about to call him Zach again, Lance. Is there someone here with us? He's filming for the show now. Please make a noise. Tap on something. Feel free to slam the door like you did on TC (laughs) just moments ago. Feel free to slam it as hard as you like. Go ahead. Nothing happens. But this is hell. And hell knows your heart. Because, you know, Catholicism. (laughs) 